If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And we are back, Great Lakes State Football, episode 39, talking everything football in the great state of Michigan. And I'm Vince. And I'm Corey. And I'm Brett. We got state finals this week and a couple of guests on air with us right now. We have Mr. Goose Poop and Mr. Tate Baker joining us for a very special state finals michigan high school football state finals preview episode canon how are you doing doing well guys great to be back on uh just changed my name here so it matches the introduction so (laughs) mr (laughs) mr poop and mr baker tate baker how you doing sir yes and tate doing great ready for some state finals football action so we are very excited to have these two guys on. If you've been watching or following along, we've had both these guys on a couple times to talk Michigan high school football. So we're very excited to get them both on here uh, to do kind of a round table discussion on several aspects of the state finals coming up this weekend. Uh, before we get to that, we are very excited to celebrate little cheers here little cheers if you're watching on on zoom and you're or excuse me we're on zoom if you're watching on youtube we're all going to raise a glass here it is the one year anniversary of the great lake state football podcast cheers gentlemen thanks for joining us goose poop and tate baker cheers gents you're here so one year ago uh we're actually the time we're recording this we're two days away from when we upload the first episode um so it'll be one day away when this when this airs but November 24th of 2021, put out our first episode. And I think Tate, I believe, I remember correctly, we talked about this before. You were the first guest the very next week. Uh, we talked about state championship games last year. So pretty cool to have Tate on here on the one-year anniversary. Um, speaking of which, before we get into things, just want to plug these two guys real quick. We'll mention them again at the end. But um, if you would like to follow or check out anything from 
uh, Canon Dean, who is part of Goose Poop with his brother on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we have the links for their social media uh, down in the description of either the video or audio versions of this episode. So please check out Goose Poop if you like everything high school football. And Tate Baker, who does the OK Report. He does a lot of great write-ups and uh, articles on West Side football here in the state of Michigan. So we will have his stuff, his Substack, as well as his social media linked in the description. So make sure you check those guys out. They both do a great job when it comes to high school michigan high school football so definitely uh follow them subscribe check out their stuff and uh, i think with that we are going to get into it here and talk michigan high school football Um, we will talk about college stuff a little bit later on in the podcast so stay with us here even if you were just looking for college football talk please stay with us we're going to talk about some exciting state championship matchups coming up this weekend uh the first thing we want to mention here is Brett, Corey, and I, before the season ever began, way back in August, we did an episode of big uh, 2022 high school football preview, uh, and we all picked our state champions before the season. We all had, the three of us had our projections, and we just kind of want to really quickly here see where those are at uh, in terms of who has some teams remaining from before the season. So if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to share this on our screen. Uh, If you're listening along, we'll read through these here. But some interesting picks, to say the least. Uh, We also did do eight-man. It's not an aspect of high school football in the state of Michigan that we've talked a lot about on our podcast, um, but we did make some eight-man picks. Uh, We'll start with the eight-man here. So we did pick uh, Division I and Division II. Brett had Deckerville, Corey had Sutton's Bay, and I had Sutton's Bay. Uh, for Division One, Brett had Crystal Falls Forest Park. Corey and I both picked Powers North Central. Uh, pretty, I mean, Powers North Central. Powers North Central won the D two. Uh, was it who won D one? I feel bad. Wasn't it Menden? No, Menden lost. He got Martin. it in our notes. I know. I have. I'm sharing the screen, so I can't look at the notes. Oh, I can tell you. Martin or Martin, Martin beat Merrill, and mm-hmm. Powers North Central beat Menden. Okay, so. Brett and I, or Corey and I, got the Powers North Central one. None of us were even close there on the uh, on the D one. Very interesting when we get into eleven man football here, though. Division eight. Corey still alive before the season picked Ubley. Uh, so Ubley. Corey's got one team remain. Brett and I picked. Uh, Brett had McBain. And I picked Beale City. In Division Seven, Brett and Corey both picked PW, who had a very disappointing season. Obviously, fell uh, went to five and four on the season, and then fell in the district championship. Your boy over here picked Lumen Christie before the season. And what do you know? Lumen Christie playing for the Division 7 state championship. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, D6, though, I can't toot my horn here too long because D6, I picked Lansing Catholic, who did end up making all the way to the regionals with a losing record. Uh, Corey wasn't too happy about that one. Uh, Corey had Warren Michigan Collegiate and Brett had Montague. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Warren Michigan Collegiate, I believe, fell in the regionals. I believe they did make it to regionals, if I remember correctly. Uh, Brett and I for division five, both pick grand Rapids Catholic central going into the season. You know, that was probably, we'll talk about this a little bit here. One of the biggest upsets in the state last week, um, getting downed by Gladwin, the flying G's Corey still alive in division five, pick Frankenmuth before the season in division four, Brett had orchard Lake St. Mary's who, even with a losing record, I think they only won three regular season games, made it all the way to the regional championship. Uh, and then Corey and I, this is a typo. If you're looking on the screen, it should say Hudsonville unity Christian or, uh, 
No, Holland. No, yeah, Hudsonville. Hudsonville Unity Christian. We before the season we made a typo there. It says Grand Rapids. Should be Hudsonville Unity Christian. Uh Hudsonville Unity Christian, similar to PW after making the state championship last year. A game that they blew. We had like a four touchdown lead and blew. Uh, had a pretty disappointing season. Ended up losing, I believe, in the district championship. Uh it was their first round or district championship. Brett, Corey, and I were all unanimous in D2 and D3, picking MLK in D3 and De La Salle in D2. And obviously, they are, you know, for a lot of people, still the favorites playing uh, this coming weekend. We had uh, a split, three different teams here for the Big Dogs Division One. Brett picked Celine, uh, who fell in a shootout uh, to Belleville, I believe, in the regional championship. And Corey picked Rochester Adams, who got beat by Clarkston. Uh, in the regional championship. Uh, and then your boy over here, I picked Belleville. They're still alive. Uh, so at this point, going into the state championship weekend, Brett has two teams from before the season that he picked that are still alive. Corey has four, uh, and I also have four. So I'll be curious to see how this plays out going into the uh, state championships with some of these teams. All right. Uh, so moving on here, the next thing we're going to take a look at uh, really quick. Do we still, I guess, did I skip? Oh, I did not skip. It was next on the, on the docket here. Um, we want to just really quickly mention the five of us did end up picking the state championship games and final four. Uh, we did this, uh, before the playoffs began and I got to find this here, get this pulled up pre playoffs. Okay. If you're watching on YouTube again, you'll be able to see it on your screen. Otherwise, we will talk through it here really quick. So before the playoffs began, we reached out to to Cannon here, Goose Poop, and to Tate uh, to get their picks on the high school football playoffs going into the playoffs to see where they thought the final four, what the final four would shape out to be um, for each division, as well as a champion, picked a champion for each one. Um, as it stands right now, Tate has his D2 D3, D4, D5, D6, and D8 champions. Tate is in a pretty good spot. So Tate has De La Salle, MLK, Grand Rapids South Christian. Oh, excuse me. No, his D5 is wrong. We didn't put a line through that. He had GRCC. So he does. He has D2, D3, D4. He has D6. He picked Grand Rapids West Catholic and his D8, Ubley. So right now, Tate is sitting pretty good with five of his eight are still remaining. Uh, Brett picked De La Salle, MLK, Grand Rapids South Christian, Grand Rapids West Catholic, and Traverse City St. Francis are his five. He also has five uh, still remaining um, for his picks. Corey had Belleville, De La Salle, MLK, Frankenmuth, and St. Francis. So he also has five teams that are still remaining. Uh, I picked Belleville, De La Salle, MLK, uh, and Lumen Christie. So I unfortunately only have four teams remaining at this point goose poop de la salle frankenmuth grand rapids west catholic and traverse city st francis oh and ottawa, ottawa lake whiteford uh so right now goose poop also sitting pretty good here uh with five right five i do my math correctly yeah you got five still sitting there so tate and uh brett Corey, and goose poop all have five i only have four uh, I'll just kind of run through you guys really quick. Corey, anything you want to mention in terms of from your pre-playoff going into the weekend here, what, where you were standing? Yeah, I want to thank God for the success. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, pretty much every team that we expected for one, two, and three 
generally speaking, obviously there's a couple one-offs there. Um, it's really when you get into the four, five, six, seven, eight range where it gets a little hairy. Um, but happy to see Frankenmuth in it. I think great small town school. That's going to be a great small town matchup. Um, and yeah, that's really all I got. Brett, the Shamrocks let me down. Detroit Catholic Central. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, Brett's D1 pick was Detroit Catholic Central. So just for time's sake, anyone listening, I didn't read through every single pick. I just read through the picks that uh, guys still had alive here. So if you go to our Twitter, Instagram, uh, particular Instagram, you could find these <laughs> picks pretty quickly. Uh, Tate, you want to add anything from, from your pre-playoff picks? Um, I think North Muskegon lost in the first round. So that was a bad <laughs> pick for, by me. <laughs> Uh, I should have had more faith in the D1 and D2 teams from the OK Conference. Um, I think I picked both of them to lose in the semis. But uh, no, regardless, uh, um, pretty pretty happy with, I guess, the overall turnout from the west side. And, uh, yeah, happy for, for small schools like like Ugly, uh, Frankenmuth, and, and Gladwin to, to have their moment at Ford Field as well. And Cannon, Goose Poop, what do you got? Anything you want to add pre-playoff picks for from where you're at now? Um, I'm hoping, just for the sake of my model, nothing against Belleville, but I'm hoping I can tweet out that the real D1 state final game was played in week round two of the playoffs, uh, Rockford versus Cal. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, boy. That's you nothing against Belleville. Uh, they're, uh, they're a great team, but I'm hoping that that's how that ends out. If, if it goes away, my model's planning, then that will be the uh, – that will be the tweet. So, um, yeah, nothing else to add. I, ho- I hope that, uh, for, you know, for the sake of our conversation, yeah. before we start recording a little satisfaction for you there for some of the haters that you've been, <laughs> that you've been dealing with. Revolt. It's all for the model. I'm just defending the math equations guys. Come on. The math. It's all That's about it. the math. That's right. It's all about the math, baby. All right. Uh, so the last thing before we get into a little kind of round table discussion, we're going to we're going to ask uh, Cannon Goose Poop here some questions and then we'll ask Tate some questions and then we're going to get into kind of an open forum discussion on a few different topics and then we'll end with our state championship picks going into the weekend here. Um, the last thing that we do want to mention. And I apologize to any eight-man football enthusiasts on my lack of knowledge of uh, where they were at this last weekend in terms of who won. I knew Powers North Central won because I remember I picked them going into the season. Uh, but just really quick, eight-man Division One state championship and eight-man Division Two state championships were played up in the Superior Dome. I think they've played them there pretty much almost every year, to my knowledge, um, since they've been doing it. Um, Martin in eight man D one beat Merrill 74 to 24. I'm always blown away by the scores of some of these games. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, powers North central beat Menden 66 to 26. Uh, not a lot of parody there. Uh, just <laughs> two big blowouts. Uh, so congratulations to those two teams on, uh, uh, winning, uh, state championships this past should year. Should we, should we make eight man football like they make overseas basketball? And if you win your division, you actually have to move up the following year, <laughs> move up to D eight. Yeah, move up to D8. If you win D2, you got to move to D1. Ooh, that could make things hairy. Did you know, uh, just really quick kind of side note here, I didn't know this about Indiana football. So because I knew every team in the state of Indiana made the playoffs, but because every single team makes the playoffs, how their highest division works is the 32 biggest schools in the state in terms of enrollment. So like this year in 2022, whichever 32 teams had the highest enrollment, that's the D one playoffs. And they all get a week one by every other division division. They have six divisions D two through D six have to play six 
playoff games if they're if they go to a state title. D one has a bye week week ten, and then they start their playoffs because they only have thirty two teams that play for D one. I didn't know that. Very interesting. Yeah. interesting. Little little aside, that's that's very similar to how Georgia does it. Um, okay. They do so every they're like they're, there's fixed divisions like Michigan except for the seven A division, which has like only forty teams in it. And it's basically like if you look at a chart of like school enrollments, like there's this huge gap at the top, top uh, basically like a power law of there's like only a certain amount of schools that have like those large, large enrollments. And they're just like there's like a gap in the distribution. And, um, and it's the same way in Michigan. Right. Like there's only a handful of schools that have over 2000 kids in them. And then there's. You know, and so like if you even looked at Division One, there's like the top half of Division One has the top 30 teams are probably all over 2,000, and the rest are maybe closer to a D2 size school, right? right. A la Grand Ledge, a la you know Caledonia, yeah, probably even Belleville. Would you would throw in there? Um, I'm not sure exactly what their enrollment is. And so Belleville's like, about Belleville's about 1,800. They're not actually that big, yeah. Yeah, so like you're just trying to like capture that top end of the distribution because it's based. Basically, like you know, it's kind of wild, right? Like, like a, a Rockford or a, a Rockford or a, East uh, Kentwood has like almost three thousand yeah. kids, or a Dakota has like twice the size as right. a small school in their division, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's I I feel like we'll get into it here in a little bit, but uh, I feel like that's an aspect that should be explored eventually. I do, I know, Cannon, we've talked about. It. I I do like this new playoff format, but uh, I feel like they might have to tweak some things a little bit going forward, but. Uh, all right. Uh, I think with that, and speaking of goose poop here, we're going to actually fire some questions here at Canon uh, to talk about the goose poop computer model and things like that. Um, so a few questions for you here uh, in terms of going into the playoffs and, and now after four weeks of playoff football, how do you feel that your model has fared um, in terms of better or worse than anticipated. And then if you want to talk about, um, you know, your over, under, and spreads you've been doing, do you have any takeaways from those? Um, and then lastly, we'll uh, we'll have you end it with, um, in terms of your model for the picks, if, if your personal views, your eye test uh, kind of agrees with those or not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of your first question, um, I think, I think, I think I think it's probably fared a little bit better than I thought it was going to. So, for instance, we picked eighty-one percent last week, thirteen to sixteen. I think the week before that, uh, regionals we were twenty-eight out of thirty-two. Um, so again, in the high eighties, uh, it's it's. I would have told you that it probably would. That that's about in line where we were in the regular season, like basically exactly where we were. I would have told you we were going to fall off as we got into the later rounds, um, just because we're not really accounting for more. We're not weighting the model towards more recent games. We're weighting every single game evenly. So it's probably a mistake to do it that way, but right now we're, it's working. So we're just going to roll with it. We'll probably adjust it next year. Um, but, uh, so I would have said like knowing that we were going to do that weight, not do that weighting, we were going to fall off, uh, as we got into later rounds. Um, but that's, that's not happened. So I've, I've been pretty pleased, you know, low, low eighties, If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, 
challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, that's, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good target to shoot for. So if like, as a, for instance, that means there's only going to be two upsets or one upset in the, in the state finals. There's only three upsets last week. So, yeah. Um, what's your, what was your second question again? Sorry. How, how do you feel in terms of your takeaways with the over and under and the spreads you've been doing it in terms of like the, if you think that was a difficult thing to kind of add to your, your model or putting out there, or do you have just do you have any takeaways from it in general? Yeah, so I, I haven't done a ton of analysis on over unders. I'll I'll probably do that in the off season and share that with with everybody. Um, uh, in terms of spreads, you know, it has been super interesting to kind of chart where the model predicts people and then how accurate it is according to the spread going in. And so, as a for instance, you know, the model picks about it, it, any spread that's within four points. It's about we only pick the games fifty percent fifty percent right. So if you're a four point favorite per goose poop, take it with a grain of salt. It's probably more of a coin flip still, right? That jumps up to 60%, 60-40 if you're a touchdown favorite or, or about eight point favorite or about, right? Um, so it's about 60-40. And then it jumps up, it, it kind of accelerates really quickly. So on a 12 point favorite, you're actually an 80% chance of winning, right? So only one in five times does a team that's a 12 point underdog actually lose. And then, you know, it, it just accelerates further from there. So like once you get to about a three point three point uh, touchdown, three touchdown favorite or a uh, or a four touchdown favorite, uh, you know, you're a 90 percent, 95 percent chance of winning. Um, so uh, and, and then just to kind of cap it off, like in the in the three, like there's only been I think there was only and we were kind of trading texts uh, a couple weeks ago. There's only been there was only one upset this year that a team was a 40 point or more up underdog. Right. At one. This, that was Bay City Central over Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. I think Bay City Central had two wins this year. Mount Pleasant yep. made a regional final. It was a huge upset. And there was only like three or three to five upsets where a team was a 30 point underdog or more in one. So it's it's just kind of a I don't know that that was a long rant there, but just kind of some interesting stats uh, that we've learned as we've we've compiled now a full season of data. So. Right, and that even happens in major college football. I mean, you see mm-hmm. massive upsets; they happen, right? It happens. I mean, you can't account for every single win. I mean, there's going to be some some chaos. I feel like that's and it wouldn't be any fun, right? Right. That you said that you said that in one of our previous episodes, I think Corey asked you on a previous episode, you know, do you want the percentage of your model to go up? And you said, not really, because that takes the fun out of it. If I'm picking all the games, right. That's then it's not really fun anymore. There's no kind of guessing. It's the best part of high school, high school sports. Somebody's girlfriend could dump them on a Thursday and lo and behold, they lose. So they play terrible on Friday because they're just high school sports, baby. So your last one here for you, Goose Poop, do the models state championship picks. And you don't have to tell us specific picks yet. We'll get into that at the end. Do you feel like they kind of align with some of your maybe personal eye test um, picks? Uh, do you think there's any discrepancies or do you feel personally that your model is picking even the state title games, you know, kind of where you would want it to? 
Yeah, if you were asking me to bet my life on my picks, I would ride with my model on seven of eight divisions. Um, My my last one is actually the final division, D8. We just don't have a way to rate ugly properly. Um, So they basically were in this bubble. I think you you tweeted about this too, I think. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And we've had the, all the, the ugly fan base, the passionate ugly fan base has, has asked us many questions about the model in a polite manner. So I appreciate that. Um, like, Hey, it's, I think the Bearcats were in a bubble for most of the year. Uh, and, uh, like it, it just struggles. The model struggles to rate the, the teams that operate in a bubble. So, um, I don't, we, we just like grossly underestimated them against iron mountain, uh, last week I, I had my gut told me that that was also right. Um, that the, they underestimate that they were actually underestimated in that game. Um, they just beat the crap out of, uh, the team from the UP and, uh, you know, we're going to put them out as an underdog against Whiteford. Uh, but I, I would probably, you know, if I would bet against my model there. I think the ugly is probably should properly be rated as the favorite. So, Yeah. All right. And with that, Tate's going to throw some questions your way here. Uh, our West side football guy. Do you have any currently any surprises, uh, you know, w- whether it's state championship uh, appearances in general this year or more, you know, tethered to the West side, anyone you're surprised that's in the finals or anyone that you're surprised didn't make it? Yeah, sure. Um, I would say I kind of underestimated um, just how well the four sales Force Hill Central defense was going to travel. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say travel because they played a majority of the home games in the playoffs, but just how well they stood up to a lot of top-end teams. You know, they had to go through um, Mona Shores and Dexter. Uh, those are two of the most um, offensive, talented teams in the state. Well, shoot, uh, even East Lansing, man, has yeah. Evan Boyd, who's going to Central Michigan, too. Yeah, so I, I didn't think that, um, you know, Forest Hills Central was going to get over the hump that is um, Mona Shores. They've lost them, I think, three straight playoffs going into this playoff. So to see them um, kind of take that step and then make it all the way to Ford Field, uh, that was a big surprise to me. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I shouldn't be surprised. I, I think they've only given up more than uh, seven points twice all year. Um, so, Really excited to see what, what they're going to do um, against uh, De La Salle and, uh, you know, probably the most talented team pound for pound in the state. Um, and then also uh, Caledonia, you know, the D1 hasn't uh, seen an OK conference team since Rockford made it in 08. And it seems like it's it's been such a, a big hurdle uh, to climb um, in the semis. You know, you see a lot of teams from the west side, mostly Rockford, they get there and end up losing to a Davison or a Dakota. Um, it's usually, you know, power team from, from the east side that ends their season. Uh, so it was it was cool to see uh, a D1 team um, make it there and, and hopefully, you know, start to start to establish a trend where we're going to see more of those big school programs from the west side of the state make an appearance at Ford Field. We got the good graces of playing against that 08 Rockford team, and they were very oh. good. God, yeah, Brett. <laughs> all three of us were on the Grand Ledge team that had to play that yeah. team in the district title. Vince, Vince was supposed to go in the game. At the end of the game, we got moved up as sophomores, and Vince was the tough guy that was not wearing leggings or long sleeves or gloves. Or gloves. <laughs> his hands were so cold he couldn't snap on his chin strap. So I got like two <laughs> two extra plays, and he did because he was trying to get his chin strap buckled up. 
Oh man. Oh man. Brett has awesome. embarrassing me on the podcast here. By that point <laughs> I was removed from the game, no big deal. Because <laughs> we were getting beat so bad. 35-0 half, if I remember. Uh Tate, uh any West Side athletes that you're really looking forward to uh watching, following this weekend? Yeah, um, let's start with South Christian. Uh, you know, Jake DeHaan, he's been one of the best two-way uh, dual-threat quarterbacks uh, in the OK Conference this year, and it's starting to show um, on the, the statewide stage. He's a guy that can, you know, can kill you with both his arms and his legs, and one of his top wideout uh, targets is sophomore Carson Viss, um, a really big outside threat. So I'm interested to, for the rest of the state to get a glimpse of, of his talents and I think a lot of uh, a lot of people that are familiar with Carson Viss on the basketball scene because that is his primary sport. I think um, you know with, with my background and and hoops uh, on the hoop scene, he's going to be a power five guy. Um, I don't think it's out of the, the stretch of imagination to say that. And I think that athleticism is going to pop on the screen um, when they play in the state finals in that D four game. So. Carson Viss is probably the, the number one guy um, I'm most excited about. Um, Muskegon, the Muskegon-King uh, game, that's, I mean, how many times have they played in the state championship um, in the past 10 years? Yeah. I think we're going to see another, um, you know, action-packed game. Muskegon's got um, three guys in particular that you know, are a threat to, to go to the end zone anytime they touch a ball. And, and quarterback Makai Guy, he had seven touchdowns um, in the semifinal this past weekend just unstoppable. And then um, there are two running backs in Destin Piggy and, and Jacob Price. They're uh, smaller stature guys. I think they're both maybe five, nine, if that, but um, two really explosive guys that are equally, uh, you know, really difficult to bring down. So uh, I'd say those, those five guys at the top of my head are uh, going to turn some heads this weekend. And lastly, uh, Tate, anything you put a lot of your articles and your write-ups out through Substack. Any anyone who might be listening who's a follower, anyone interested in, in following and subscribing to some of the things you've been putting out, um, anything people can expect from you or maybe you want to comment on something that you've put out during the playoffs uh, in terms of your write-ups? Yeah, definitely. So at the beginning um, of the playoffs, I put out kind of a Ford Field forecast is what I called it, just trying to predict the teams from the OK Conference that would make it there. Um, I was pretty close I think Catholic Central was my one uh, team that I said would make it there that did not. And I don't know I, if any. I don't know if anyone predicted the yeah. Flying G's to do this though. Right? Yeah, that was a, a big upset. Um, and then uh, I didn't give enough credit to Forest Hills Central and Cal. Uh, had them uh, bowing out before the state title game. So check that out if you're interested. And then um, I'm also going to have some in-depth previews for each of um, the five games that feature OK Conference teams on my Substack, that's tapebaker.substack.com. And then um, if you have a subscription to Prep Red Zone, I know we're we're running a special uh, Black Friday uh, special, which uh, kind of coincides perfectly with the timing of the uh, state finals. Um, I'll just be doing some kind of under the radar matchups, or uh, not matchups, but previews for maybe some breakout candidates uh, for each game. Some guys that um, you know, maybe not be at the top of the, the scouting report, but, you know, guys nonetheless that will, will make sure to have their impact felt. So be on the lookout for that on Prep Red Zone and then also my my sub stack at tapebaker.substack.com. 
Hey, I know this is a football podcast too, but you cover basketball too, right? Absolutely. That's oh, yeah. Prep Hoops? Yeah, so um, Prep Hoops is where you can find that and also, you know, my um, my Substack, the OK Report. Uh, once football season wraps up, I will be uh, releasing my top 20 players uh, to watch in the West Michigan area. And then I have about 40 other players that didn't quite make my top 20, but are, I would say, college basketball caliber uh, nonetheless. So another stacked uh, landscape in the OK Conference for high school basketball talent. Uh, be sure to be on the lookout for that if you're interested in some high school hoops coverage within the next couple of weeks. As I mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, make sure to check the description on the video episode of this podcast or the audio, and you can find everything for Tate and Goose Poop, Mr. Candine, a.k.a. Goose Poop, uh, in terms of their social media and anything you would want to follow along for them. All right. And with that, we are going to get into our Around the Horn style format here. For anyone who is an ESPN enthusiast, if you've ever watched that show, we're going to get into a little bit of a format here. Uh, we're going to go through a few topics. Uh, these guys are all currently muted. If you're watching, uh, you can see that they're all uh, ready to go, but they will be raising using the Zoom raise your hand function for me to call on them. I am not going to chime in. I'm going to let these four kind of take over the conversation here. I'm going to arbitrate and make sure mediate whatever kind of keep things going and i'm going to do some arbitrary point system here i'm going to try my best to make sure that uh, i'm fair and i'll i'll let them know where we're at points wise as we go through they have 30 seconds so the first person to raise their hand for these topics uh i will unmute first or i will excuse me i will call they can unmute themselves i will call them they will unmute themselves and uh, you'll have 30 seconds to speak on that topic i'll tell you go i'll give you a 10 second to 5 second warning and then uh, i will i'll give you points as you're going if i think I, I like what you're saying or i'll take them away if i don't like what you're saying all right here we go first topic most intriguing matchup in all of the divisions brett is first brett this and is one that i was hoping to get Corey. on uh, my most intriguing matchup is between Gladwin and Frank Muth. These are two teams in D5 that are 75 miles apart. This is the first uh, matchup between the two teams, which is really interesting considering the proximity that these teams have within each other in the thumb region. Uh, both teams are undefeated. Frank Muth has had three undefeated seasons, the last regular seasons. Ten seconds. Uh, the last few years. And uh, Frank Muth offense and Gladwin offense score a lot, and both teams give up Two, very little. They actually one, play each other week nine next zero. year. Zero. All right. Corey, your with, turn. I'm going with D2s, Forest Hills Central versus De La Salle. De La Salle has scored 562 points this season, which is absolutely disgusting amount of points versus Forest Hill Central, who has only allowed 112 points this season. So to me, really a toss-up game. If um, Forest Hill Central's defense is as good as numbers say, fantastic. But De La Salle, 562 Five, points, stupid. Three, two, one. All right. Who do we got next? Cannon. Cannon, go for it. All right, so my most intriguing matchup, I think I got to go with the big boys here, D1, Caledonia versus Belleville. It's not our closest spread uh, of the eight matchups. Um, I'll leave that for later, but it is a relatively close spread. We're going to put out a line of Caledonia by seven. I think that's going to surprise a few people. Belleville is the reigning second camp and certainly favored if you used recruiting rankings only. So what is going Three, on? Three, 
two, one. Then me, right. I guess last but not least, I'll say that uh, the I think Muskegon and De La Salle, excuse me, King is going to be the most intriguing matchup. Um, two guys that two teams that are you know more than familiar with each other. Muskegon has been on the short end of the stick lately, and uh, in, in their state title um, hunt. But you know, athletes all over the field. We all know um, who the best quarterback in the state is. Uh, with Dante seconds. Moore, but I think uh, you know Makai guy. Uh, he doesn't have the arm that Dante has, but he's going to give going to give the Big Reds, uh, you know, everything they can to to try to bring home a state cha- another state championship to Muskegon. All right, that is our first topic. There, I got right now Brett with four, Corey with five, Tate with three, and Cannon with four. And just like whose line is anyway, the points are made up. Doesn't really matter. It's all arbitrary. Uh, next. Next topic here, uh, most intriguing player or player you're most excited to watch. Cannon's hand is up. I don't know if he left it up from the last time by accident. I'm uh, yeah, I, I probably forgot to take it down. Um, I'm going to go with, I saw this highlight from this oh, Gladwin okay. running back. Uh, I, I don't know his name. I, I want to say Logan, Logan K or something like that. It's like Shuko or something. I just saw this highlight of him absolutely steamrolling a linebacker safety. Oh yeah. Catholic central. The pop was so audible. You could hear it. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, you didn't even have your have to have your Ten phone seconds. turned up. So I want to see this guy play. He looks like an absolute moose. Uh, very excited to watch three, the flying at Ford Field. Two and one. Tate, I got you up here next. So this isn't a specific player. This is more of a group. I'm excited to see Caledonia's linebackers um, and how they deal with Belleville's speed. I think that was a big reason uh, why they beat Clarkston. Uh, guys like Theron Sand- Sanders, Reed Vogler, and Jet King have all been guys that um, you know have stepped up to the occasion and brought an element to Caledonia's defense that has allowed them to make the state championship, and they're going to need them against Belleville, so that's who I'm going to go with. Efficient. Who we got next here? <laughs> Nobody. Corey and Brett are quiet. I'll, on the I'll, I'll go. Sorry, I was I was gonna wait it out, but you didn't I'll, raise your I'll, hand. <laughs> Muted. Brett, All go. Right, I'll go. So my my uh, <laughs> my player that I'm most interested in watching is Brady Droge. I think it's Drogosh, the the quarterback from Warren De La Salle versing uh, the Forest Hills defense. The Forest Hills Central defense is one of the top. Defenses in the state finals this year, led by Crandall Quinn, Ray Cargill, 
Ty Hudkins and JT Hartman. Um, it's going to be a, a really fantastic matchup. Um, you know, the quarterback from Dale Sal has a bunch Five. of weapons and he's going to Cincinnati and he's a three star. So it's going to be a really intriguing matchup. All right, Corey, you want to go here? <laughs> I raised my hand. So you give me my points I back. See it. But I reached out to my phone, a friend, like whose line is it anyway? Or not whose line is it anyway? Jesus, who wants to be a millionaire? Um, the fullback from Frankenmuth, Griffin Barker. He is the player to watch from the Frankenmuth coaching staff. All right. After that question, we got Brett in the lead with nine, Tate behind him with eight. Corey with seven and Cannon with six points here. Okay, going on to the next question. Should the MHS, MHSAA change the finals format? Uh, you can make an argument for dates, for times, schedule, location, any sort of a proposition here. Uh, and I think I saw Corey and then Brett here. Corey, what do you got? I never or put Tate, my hand sorry, down, Corey, then Tate. I didn't put my hand down, but I will jump right in. Oh, I would. I would say that they don't need to change it other than maybe Brett's uh, opinion of alternating the dates. So D1, D3, D5, D7 go on Friday, and then the following year they go the next year. Um, but generally speaking, I think it's a great weekend to have it. It's a weekend where Five. a lot of people are home. Really what you're running into is the Michigan-Ohio State game. All right, Tate, what do you got? It's not hard. The best – Football game in high school football every single year is played at the exact same time as Michigan Ohio State. Figure it out, MHSA. Move it to any other time slot, any other time slot. Put it on Friday. Put it on any other time slot on Saturday. I guarantee you, you will see your attendance for that game double. Not only that, but people will actually tune into that game because you know Ten they're going to be watching the Buckeye Michigan instead. Fix it. Take the D1 game Five. out of the one o'clock slot. I got Cannon up next. Oh, sorry, I muted you. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I'm not so sure how this is happening today in the cut the cord era, but I do know as a young uh, teen and uh, college kid, I was always pissed that we had to watch a shitty Red Wings game or a shitty Pistons game instead of the D4 and D6 finals. So we need to figure out a way to where that is prime time. And we don't watch some irregular, you know, irrelevant regular season game of a, of quite frankly, a shitty franchise. So, okay, Brett, do you want to add anything here? Absolutely, I'm going to piggyback off of already been said here. The the top game in the state cannot be played against the top game in all of college football every single year. Something needs to change. I don't know if you alternate. Odds on Fridays, evens on Saturdays, every other the year. Uh, personally, I think they should play the D8 game, the D1 game, the D2 game, and the D7 game on Friday. And then the rest of the games are on Saturday. That, you, that way you get the smallest crowd, crowd schools with the biggest crowd schools, and hopefully we'll even the map. And most people are more free on Friday than Saturday anyways on Thanksgiving weekend. Ooh, that was efficient there from Brett to sneak that in right at the end. All right. After that question, Corey, because you said you were using Brett's argument, I actually gave him a point for what you said earlier. So Brett is sitting at 15 right now. Tate has 14. Cannon has nine and Corey has eight going into the last couple of questions here. 
Uh, should this next question, should full repay replay be allowed in finals? Don't, don't raise your hand just yet for anyone listening. I'm just going to really quickly, uh, the MHSAA actually just received released an article today. So I'm going to read this really quickly. So there has been a change, uh, to the MHSAA state finals this year, uh, to the instant replay process at Ford field, all potential scoring and turnover plays will still continue to be automatically reviewed as they have been for a number of years, but new this year, coaches will now be allowed to challenge one play per regulation with some restrictions. The team has to have a timeout available in order to initiate this this review um, and there's only a certain number of items that can be reviewed including a catch or no catch, a ball carrier in or out of bounds, forward or backward pass um, and apparently there are a few others if successful the coach will be awarded the timeout back and they can still make one more challenge in regulation in overtime they have a challenge per overtime. If anyone wants to speak on, on this Corey raised his hand first. Corey, what do you got? 100% yes. You think about how these kids are already at the highest level playing in the state championship. They're at Ford Field, which is super exciting. Why not give them the option of reviewing plays? It really helps these lower division kids who really aren't playing. They're playing in front of their communities, but they haven't played in front of mass crowds. Really feel engaged in the full process of like, hey, we've made it. We're playing in a state championship at Ford Field. 100% should allow them to review plays. Okay. Who do we got next here? I I think Cannon Cannon popped up just before Brett. Cannon, what do you got? I got to agree with Corey. I have a personal experience. The one or one of the two state finals I was on the sideline for, we were absolutely hosed by a fumble call. That was not a fumble. It was just not a, it was not a catch at all against Farmington Hills Harrison. You can actually watch the tape of this on a state final or a state champs, uh, YouTube summary uh, out there. Lowell versus Harrison. It's, you know, it changed the turn of the game. We actually lost to the Hawks that year. Five. Um, yeah, needs to be there. We wouldn't have lost. Lowell State Champs 2011. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Snuck that in right at the end. Uh, I think Brett was next. Yep, Brett. So real quick, Kane, was that 2011 or 2010? Because I think that was only lost to Lowell in 2010. 2010, um, I think it was. Yep. But nonetheless, um, I think I think it's great. You know, if technology is available, you got to use it. And eventually, I think technology is going to get more improved in the regular season. There's going to be some sort of reviews that coaches are offering. I mean, now on the sidelines, you can sit and watch your plays on huddle on an iPad. Um, I think one thing it's going to do is it's kind of going to be a challenge for head coaches. When do they want to use this call? Is it in the second quarter? Is it in the fourth quarter? They do have to have available. So it's going to change how the, the head coach um, kind of manages that aspect. All right. And I got Tate, lastly. All aboard. I think anything that can advance the overall, uh, you know, the way that we determine the champion at the high school level, that's a great thing. I want to kind of extend a lifeline and maybe they can finally add a shot clock to high school basketball, but great. I love it. Okay. After that question, we are now sitting at Brett with 20. Corey, or excuse me, Tate is at 17. Uh, I got Cannon at 14 and Corey at 12. So tight race here coming into <laughs> coming into the last couple of months here. All right. Uh, last, well, let's, I'm going to extend this to two more questions here. I got an idea for our last one. Next question. If you would like to share a favorite state finals memory, regardless of involved, watched it, saw it in person on TV, anything. Brett, I saw your hand go up first there. So 
against popular demand, it's not when Grand Lodge won the state finals. I was not able to watch that. I was in a wedding that day for my aunt and uncle. Thankfully, they're still married and not divorced, so I forgive them. Uh, but my favorite memory is when East Grand Rapids and Orchard Lake St. Mary's went five overtimes in 2007 with the freshman quarterback, Robert Bolden, I remember who ended up at Penn State and LSU. I remember watching that game with my brothers. Uh, final um, score was 24 to 21. Very low scoring for five overtimes. Very entertaining matchup. Boy, was that fun. Tate's next. Tate, what do you got? Yeah, um, Brett took the words out of my mouth. I was at that game. Um, didn't make it down to the state finals too many times growing up, but that was one of the times I did. I remember running back and forth between end zones with my good friend Tom Smith because they were alternating the end zones at the time. Right. We were sprinting from end zone to end zone to watch the very uh, – uh, to see who's going to come out the way with, with the win. And, hey. yeah, that was just a great, great memory. Got Cannon next. So I got 2015 Lowell versus King. My little brother was starting cornerback in this game. Uh, Lowell came in a traditional Lowell team playing up against a King team who have, I believe featured Donnie Corley, uh, Lavert Hill, uh, just a very star studded King team. Lowell jumped out to a, I think we were up by three scores at one point in 10. King never led until the last play of the game. They won on a hail Mary from the 45 yard line. Not the result that I wanted, but a great game. All right, Corey, finish us off All here. All right, I have the 2008 state championship with Rockford versus Lake Orion. Fun fact about that game is that they actually started the season off with a game, Rockford, with a game against Lake Orion that was on what was known as Bally Sports way before Bally Sports was ever a thing. Um, I remember watching that game all season long as a Grand Ledge alum. We played Rockford Ten. in the first year of that um, playoff run, and they beat the pants Five. off of us 56-14. Actually, second round. So, All right, going into the last question here, I have – one more kind of surprise question because we didn't mention this earlier. Uh, here's where the scores lie. Brett is sitting at 25, followed by Tate at 20, Cannon at 19, and Corey at 16. So very close here coming up to the last question. Corey, Corey wants to strangle me right now. Uh, last question here. Any final, obviously, we're going to make our picks here in just a moment. This is going to be outside the around the horn style thing that we're doing here. We're going to make all of our state championship picks. Any final thoughts or comments that you would like to add for this year's state championship games, coaches, teams, matchups, anything we haven't talked about or anything that you think is worth mentioning going into this weekend or going into our picks here in just a second? Anything at all related to the state championship games this weekend? I got Corey's hand up first. What do you got, Corey? With the breaking news of Belleville's head coach getting fired tonight, you heard it here first. Actually, JK, you heard it at High School Frenzy first. It'll be a watch with Caledonia versus Belleville. We'll see how that affects this Belleville team. Also, love to see Muskegon back on top um, to their dominance. And then preseason pick Frankenmuth. Super excited. Frankenmuth versus Gladwin. Two small towns, great communities. Um, hoping Five. Frank and Muth brings it home. Ooh, Corey made a nice little push there. Tate, I got you next. Got Tim Klaska for West Catholic. Going to go for 250 and four touchdowns. That's my, my, big, uh, my big guess, prediction. The D, D5 game. Excuse me, D6. Got Cannon next. Cannon? Got to shout out my Goodrich Martians. They are the lowest rated team 
that uh, starting the playoffs that has made the state final. They deserve it. They had a big upset win over Freeland um, and have just rode, rode that way from here on out. So congrats to the Martians. It's always good to see uh, kind of uh, Cinderella isn't the proper term for them, but uh, just a great result there. So congrats to the Martians. And then that leaves me for the caboose. Um, (laughs) Shout out to the public schools. We have four matchups. That's half the matchups, which is a public school versus a public school. And there's only five private schools out of 16 teams that made the state finals. Uh, That's really impressive. That seems very low to me. And there's only one matchup that's private private school versus private school, which is Traverse City St. Francis versus Jackson Lumen Christie, which is a rematch from earlier this year. So very interesting from uh, the public school standpoint. All right. Uh, you guys are going to kill me. This got very interesting at the very end. Corey <laughs> made quite a nice little push there. Uh, not that this really matters. This was just for fun anyway. Uh, Brett finishes our first edition of this around the horn thing. And again, I don't know if this is going to come to be some. This was fun. I don't know. I had a good time with this. But uh, Brett with 30. I got Brett with 30 points right now. Uh, and then there is a three-way tie. Yes! <laughs> I got 22 for Corey, Tate, and Cannon. Three-way tie at 22. I didn't even look until I looked up because I just literally was making marks. It's literally 22, 22, 22, and Brett had 30. So wow. Corey made a nice push with a lot of a lot of information that I thought was uh, interesting, so I gave him some points there. All right, that was fun, guys. Um, so you guys can all unmute yourselves, obviously, here. We're going to get into, <laughs> unless you guys have anything else you want to add, uh, I think it's time to get into state championship picks. A lot I didn't of realize how long-winded there. I am on some of my answers. <laughs> That's how I felt with the Rockford answer. When I started doing the Rockford answer, I forgot to mention that I was actually at the game on the sideline. <laughs> I completely forgot to even mention that. So this is I've kind of like put you in the shoes of those guys who do the around the horn thing. You got 30 seconds. Go, go, go. <laughs> I got my whiteboard like Woody Page in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. All right, gentlemen, um, if I think if you guys think that's it, unless you have something else worth mentioning while I get this pulled up here, I'm going to get us good to go. Just sorry if you're listening or watching. Be patient with me. Give me a couple seconds here to share my screen for those of you creeps watching on YouTube. And I think that should do it. All right. Zoom this out a bit. Beautiful. Here we go. All right. Oh, I got to make sure the divisions. There we go. We got the divisions pulled up too. Okay. So to wrap things up here with Tate and Cannon, wanna don't want to keep these guys too late here. Uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap this portion of the podcast up with our picks going to the state championship week. And obviously, as I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, Corey Brett and I had picks before the playoffs. Uh, and then all five of us made, or excuse me, Corey Brett and I made picks before the season. All five of us made picks going into the playoffs. We are now with an updated uh, finals, you know, uh, matchups here going into the weekend. Now that we know who's playing, going to make picks. So this is, don't worry about all five of us. Don't worry about any other picks you made. If you want to keep state title picks that are still alive that you made previously, uh, that's up to you. Otherwise, um, I think that uh, you can do whatever you want. All right, let's start with Division 8. And I'm just going to literally go, unless Corey or Brett protests, I'm just going to go in order of what we have on the screen here just for the sake of time. Uh, so Tate, that means you're going to be kicking us off with each pick here. Uh, so the first matchup, we got the small 
smallest division we're going to start with here. Division eight playing Friday at 10 a.m. We got Ubley at 13 and 0 facing Ottawa Lake Whiteford, also 13 and 0. One of the few undefeated matchups this weekend. Tate, who you got? Are we in, are we including scores as well? Uh, we didn't talk about it, Brett. Corey, oh, no. do we care? We don't. You don't have to. If you no, if you no, want no, to add it, cool. No, it's better than that. Um, I'm gonna stick with Ubley. I picked him uh, in the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, I gotta see it through. Ubley uh, completes the perfect season. Brett, I got Ubley as well. Um, Ubley's got a solid defense. They beat a, a handful of really good teams. So I got the Bearcats. Corey. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To piggyback off of Brett, solid defense. They haven't even allowed 100 points this season in 13 games, which is absolutely ridiculous. So absolutely I'm absurd. Take, that's crazy. I'm going to take Ubley. I am also going to pick Ubley. Their defense has been very impressive. Cannon, goose poop. I think, uh, as you heard earlier in the pod, uh, Ubley's the smart pick. Uh, they've been beating the model all playoffs long, uh, but our model has Whiteford by three. Ooh. So, right in the Ottawa model. Lake Whiteford. All right, moving on to the next division, Division 7. Uh, Tate. Oh, yeah. excuse me. Sorry, let me introduce. Oh. <laughs> That's my bad. Uh, division 7, which will be the... It's morning game on Saturday at 10 a.m. at Ford Field. Jackson Lumen Christie, uh, 10 and 3, playing St. Francis 13 0. Lumen Christie opened the year 0 and 3, including a week two loss by one touchdown to St. Francis. This is a rematch of week two. Tate. Yeah, I don't think it's too big of a stretch to say that this St. Francis team could probably hang with, you know, the majority of teams in the state finals, uh, just given their collective talent. I'm going to go with uh, Cherry City St. Francis. I got Traverse City St. Francis too. It's very similar to what Tate said. They've been absolutely destroying teams on this path this year. Very impressive team up in Traverse City. Um, it's hard to beat a team twice. Uh, Traverse City had already beaten Jackson and Christie once this year, um, but I have St. Francis winning the state title. Corey? I talked to Vince about this uh, before the podcast, but for the sake of spicy wings and a spicy butthole, um, I'm going to have to pick against Brett on four picks. And I pray to Jesus, they're all toss ups. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Jackson, Loom, and Christy. I think I'm going to live in the words of Vince. It's hard to beat a team twice. Uh, they upset TC St. Francis. I picked Jackson Lumen Christie preseason back in August, and 
I'm going to stick with them. And as Corey just said, I'm a big believer in in high school, college, NFL, any level of football. It is very hard to be a team twice. Traverse City St. Francis is playing better than anyone right now, as as Tate mentioned. But um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with uh, Lumen Christie. Goose poop. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with the Gladiators here. I agree with Tate's analysis that they could hang with uh, most of the teams in the state finals, save for maybe D1. Um, that's just what the model would tell you. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Division 6, uh, on Friday at 4.30 p.m., we have Nagani out of the UP, 13-0, playing Grand Rapids West Catholic at 12-1 in Landing Grove, who we had on the podcast earlier this year. Uh, right after he got hired, we actually had a conversation with him. Check out that interview if you have not. Um, in his first year as head coach, I believe I believe Land's only like 27 or 28 years old. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Takes the Grandpa's West Catholic to the state championship. Tate. Fantastic year for Nagani getting to the state finals, but they've never seen anything like Timmy Kloska <laughs> this year. That kid's going to have a just a, a day, man. That dude's going to run all over the place. Give me uh, the Falcons. Brett. I got West Catholic. I'd love to see a UP team win the state championship. You know, unfortunately, a lot of UP teams have transitioned to the eight-man football, which is tough to see. But growing up as West Catholic is battle-tested. They have really good athletes. Um, I don't think Nagani's seen a high-powered offense like Grand Rapids West Catholic. Uh, West Catholic. Corey. Going to side with both Tate and Brett here. I'm going to go with West, go with West Catholic. Um Nagani only given up 87 points this season. They might give up 40 this week. So, yeah, they just can't do it. <laughs> they might give up 40. <laughs> I'm also going to echo these guys. I I would love to also, as Brett said, see a UP team win it all because it's been a while. It was Menominee or Ishpeming, I think, one of those two were the last, maybe the last UP team to win one in the last 10 years. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with West Catholic as well. Goose poop. So quick shout out to my miners before I pick uh, uh, the West Catholic Falcons. <laughs> but uh, I remember sitting the first state final I ever went to with 2002. Lowell's wow. Team. I was a ball boy uh, and I was sitting in the stands watching. I, I don't I have no idea who the division was that was playing before uh, Lowell was. But Nagani was sitting in the stands above. Lowell. They had wow. gotten on there early, probably took a charter bus, you know, was staying the night before. So that's my that's my Nagani memory. That is the last time Nagani. I don't know if they've been in the state finals before 2002 or, or since 2002, but they won the state title in 2002. So unfortunately, I don't think the miners have that run this year. Uh, West Catholic. I think this is actually the third highest spread we're going to put out. So another way to put that is the third worst game of the state finals. Uh, it would appear that you are correct. It does not look like they have been back since. I just double-checked really quick where I turned. They went to the semifinals the very next year, and they have not been back since. So a couple regional final appearances since then. Um, okay, moving into Division 5, the last of the small, last half of the smaller divisions here. Uh, we have probably one of the most surprising teams in the state. I would argue, I don't know if these guys agree with me, but the Gladwin Flying G's in their first ever state championship appearance 
pulling off the reason I say surprising just because they pulled off probably one of the biggest upsets in the state. Um, at least most media outlets would probably call it that. Uh, Gladwin in 13 0 beat Grand Rapids Catholic Central, who had won three or four straight state titles and until this season had won 40 something games in a row at one point. Uh, they will play Saturday at 4 30 p.m. in the Division Five finals against a 13 0 Frankenmuth team. So you got two pulp. This is the first. Uh, I guess D8 was two public schools, but uh, D5 is also two public schools. Frankenmuth, um, a team that has consistently been in the semifinals. I think they even have one or two state finals appearance, but has never won one. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. You're correct. Yeah, just kind of jumping, piggybacking off of what you said. Uh, this is this Frankenmuth program is, has seemed to be building over the past decade. They lost the Catholic Central in the state finals last year, two years ago, I believe. Um, but this year, man, they they look impressive. They they beat Goodrich the first game of the year. It was also a state finals team, twenty seven to two. I think I think they're going to win this game uh, rather comfortably against Gladwin. Uh, yeah, give me give me Frankenmuth. Brett, I'm going to take Frankenmuth too. Um, like Tate said, they beat Goodrich pretty handily. They haven't given up double digit points since week three, which is extremely impressive. Uh, they've had quite the playoff run with a number of shutouts. Um, with Browners being in Frankenmuth, Christmas is close. <laughs> There's magic in the air. <laughs> Corey. Jesus. I'm going to agree with both these guys. Frankenmuth scored over 40 in nine of their 13 games. They also beat uh, D4 state champion chip contender Goodrich uh, week one, 27-2. So I'm going to take Frankenmuth. Good luck to my college roommate, Matt, who is a coach at Frankenmuth High School. I'm going to upset the uh, unanimous pick here and go with the Gladwin Flying G's. Just, uh, I, I feel like that team has something special, man. What an upset when they pulled off. Frankenmuth um, very easily could win this game, but uh, I could see Gladwin pulling this off. They just pulled off one of the biggest upsets of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they go 14-0. Goose poop. So I'm going to frame my pick here based on another team not in the playoff or not in the state finals anymore. So, who is that team? Any takers? What's uh, Catholic Sterling? No. Who'd you say, Brett? Standish Sterling? No. Ooh. So, I, I want to key in on Notre Dame prep. Why do I want the Notre Dame prep? They played Country Day and they played Gladwin. All right. Gladwin. Oh, gotcha. Gladwin only won by six over Notre Dame prep. I believe the game was back and forth all game long with Gladwin pulling out at the end. And. Country Day beat Notre Dame Prep in the playoffs by two scores, 14, I think by about 14 points. What did Frankenmuth just do to, to uh, Country Day? It did not allow a first down all game. Uh, <laughs> so that, although that, that exact stat is not running through the model, you can take your bet on where the model is that they want Frankenmuth. So it's got to be like the first time that's. Is there like data? Is there data that shows when the last time that's happened? So first down. So the problem with a stat like that, because the D zone, the D zone put out a tweet that did say it's the first time in MHSWA history, blah, 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 that this has happened. You got to take a stat like that with a grain of salt because that has to be submitted by the the source too. Correct. No, I am definitely concerned the source. That's absolutely shade thrown there. Um, you have to understand that with those record books and the MHSWA website, that the coaches are responsible for submitting that kind of stuff. So 
over the last 80 years, I think their records go back to 1940 or something like that. If a coach is not actively submitting records for how many first downs they allowed, I guarantee you there has to in 80 something years of high school football there. I mean, back in the day, someone had to have held someone to no first downs. It's I saw people when the D zone tweeted that there was plenty of people immediately in their comments saying, no, 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 no. Just within the last couple of years, this team X, Y, Z, ABC didn't allow, you know, a first down. So, I mean, it's very impressive, but I'm sure it's happened before, but anyway. So Vince, uh, with that fact that was just provided by Gusu, how are you feeling about your Gladwin pick right now? <laughs> I am still going to say that high school football is so unpredictable. While Goose Poop uh, Cannon, Goose Poop has done an incredible job with his model, 80-something percent is not 100%, right? So there's that 15 to 20% room for upsets. Gladwin just polled. Uh, I mean, none of us picked Grand Ra- or none of us picked Gladwin to beat Grand Rapids Catholic Central. I don't know anybody. I mean, you can tell me right now on air. Did anyone pick Gladwin to beat the three or four time defending state champs who at one point had a 40 something game win streak? No. Um, now, Frank and Muth could very easily destroy Gladwin, but I also could see Gladwin pulling off an upset. I just I was just trying to keep it fun. Just wanted to uh, throw in a mix it up there. So. All right, gentlemen, um, unless anyone wants to add anything, I think we'll get into the top half here, the four biggest divisions. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Division four, Friday at 7.30 p.m., we got Goodrich, who is sitting at 12-1. and Um, I think, I can't remember if it was Ken or Tate just mentioned this. I love, I think it was Tate, maybe said it. I love seeing all of these teams who are playing for state titles who have never been there before. Uh, We just mentioned Gladwin. now you got Goodrich, who, to my knowledge, has never been to a state title in school history, uh, sitting at 12 and one with, as I believe uh, Cannon just mentioned, their only loss being to their week one in a non-conference game to Frankenmuth, who is now playing for a state title. So very impressive Goodrich team. However, they are matched up with a 13 and 0 Grand Rapids South Christian team who is quite talented. Tate, what do you think here? Yeah, so I saw South Christian just absolutely dismantle uh, Grand Rapids Christian in week one, and my immediate thought was they have a defensive line and offensive line size and depth of a D2 slash borderline D1 team. Um, That immediately jumped out to me, and I thought that they'd be here um, from that week one, plus given the the depth of skill position players. I think that uh, continues to to stay true. Um, South Christian – gets their first state title since 2014, I believe. Brett. I got South Christian as well. Uh, like Goosehoop said, Goodrich is um, the quote unquote, the worst team that made the, the state finals, I believe was the statistic. Um, I've been on high on Grand Rapids South Christian all year. I remember when Tate texted me after week one, I think he went to the game at South Christian um, and he's like, this team, this team's going to make it to Ford Field. And here they are at Ford Field. This is a team that snapped the Grand Rapids Catholic Central winning streak. I watched that game. Uh, I streamed that game. Uh, South Christian is definitely impressive, especially in the trenches as well. Um, so I think South Christian will win. Corey. I'm taking South Christian. If you just look at their schedule, that OK Gold Conference is really filled with like D3, D4, D2 teams. So they're playing these bigger teams with bigger enrollment with more athletes, yada, yada, yada. You could go on forever. Um, so I just think they're, they've been playing better talent than Goodrich all year. So I'm going to take South Christian. 
as much as I would love to pick good, good rich uh, to keep the Cinderella story going and just like, you know, echo my Gladwin pick. Uh, this is one where, yeah, I think Grand Rapids South Christian is going to be too much for uh, good rich. Unfortunately, would love to see an upset, though. And so before I make my pick, I'm just going to make a slight correction to what Brett said. They were the worst team to make the playoffs as of the start of the playoffs. So since then, <laughs> the wins over Freeland and their wins uh, last week, you know, beating Riverview by three, four or five scores. I can't remember what the final score was. Their rating has improved significantly such that I think this is actually going to be a fairly close game. I think the Martians can keep pace with, with the Sailors. That said, I'm going with the Sailors here. I agree with everybody's picks here. All right. We're getting to the big dogs now. Division three. Uh, we have probably, uh, I mean, these guys can can tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe the most tradition rich heavy matchup in the state this year, um, regardless of game of the year. I mean, whether it was regular season or playoffs, do, do we have another matchup? all year long where you had two of the biggest recent power. I mean, Muskegon's been a powerhouse forever, but King of the last 15 years, um, I would argue. I mean, this is easily one of the biggest matchups of the year outside of maybe uh Kaz tech and uh, uh, um, who did Kaz tech get matched up with week one. Didn't they have a big matchup week one? Tech lost to Belleville. No, but no, did they, they have played, a big uh, game the first week? It West was Bloomfield. Bloomfield. Yeah, West Bloomfield. That was a big matchup week yeah, one. In the Bloomfield's D-Rex. not really tradition rich, though. They're just recent, recent, right. recent rich. Really, <laughs> right. really recent the rich. Only, really, the, the only one that you would that comes to mind would be last week, Muskegon versus DeWitt. So. Right. right. Or, I mean, King, King beat Brother Rice um, in the playoffs. That's Correct. D, D3, in my humble opinion – D3 might be historically mm-hmm. like the toughest the division yeah. and in terms of tradition rich because we've talked about before division one is always like you might have a team that goes on a stretch but it's it's very rotate revolving door in division mm-hmm. one you have a, a team or two that's good for a few years and then all of a sudden like Belleville comes along you had Clarkston for a few years and now you got Belleville you had Rockford in the late 2000s you know you, you'll we have to... you had Celine and Clark you get these teams that rotate in but division three it's always King Muskegon DeWitt uh East Grand Rapids Orchard Lake. We, we need Old. to have uh, we need to have Cannon do a study on Division One versus economy um, because it's all the big cities. So based on how the economy is doing, is that going to be based on who <laughs> who's the better Division One team? So Muskegon and King also. I mean, b- both these teams are Division Two, and actually this year King is right. technically D four, and they opted to play up to D three. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I mean, I echo everything you're saying. It's just. These teams have kind of fluttered between two and three in other divisions. That's that's a good observation. And even like a program like Lowell uh, was D3 for a while, and then they were D2 for a while, and now they're back to D3. The the uh, enrollments for some of these tradition-rich heavy programs do kind of fluctuate a bit. But regardless, Saturday at 7.30 p.m., probably one of the biggest matchups of the weekend. You got Detroit King, 9-3. and three. Um, very deceiving nine and three record. I mean, if you go and look at those three losses, two of them were out of state to regionally, uh, tough teams in Indiana and Ohio. And then they had a loss to uh Kaz tech, which they had beaten them. They played Kaz tech twice. Um, Muskegon 11 and two Muskegon had a three and two start 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I believe and has won eight straight. If I remember correctly, um, yeah. I think they had yeah. a rough early start and won eight in a row. Uh, both these teams playing about as well as anybody right now. Tate? Man, this is probably the toughest game for me to pick. Um, I've been going back and forth a lot. I was not expecting Muskegon to beat DeWitt. I know it's a down DeWitt team from the past couple of years, the run that they went on. Down, um, but they were in the semifinals, right? <laughs> you're right. I, I wasn't expecting Muskegon to kind of manhandle them the way they have. Makai guy right. wants, he's making me want to pick Muskegon, but I just can't pick against Dante Moore and the, the, just the wide range of, of talent on both sides of the ball uh, that, um, that King has. I got to go with King. So this is, like I think, Vince, you mentioned, uh, King plays a really interesting schedule. They've played some really solid powers from out of state um, in Warren Central, Indiana, Cincinnati, Moeller. Um, and then they've played some cupcakes in the Detroit City League. And, you know, there's they played really good teams, really bad teams in the regular season, but they also did lose to Cast Tech. Now, I watched that Cast Tech-King game. I haven't watched Muskegon play this year, but I've watched Muskegon play in the past. And the – the offense that Cast Tech was running this year was more of a run-heavy athlete offense, which is very similar to what Muskegon runs. And when I watched that game, I was not very impressed with the way that King's linebackers were, especially on the edge, and that's where Muskegon tries to attack you. I'd love to pick King in this game, but I'm going to pick Muskegon to upset King. I would I'd love nothing more than Muskegon to win this game, and I think that they have a solid chance. Corey? All right, I just geared my whole argument up on how Muskegon was going to win this game. <laughs> but because I have to pick... You don't that, have a I choice. Have to, I have to pick opposite of Brett because I've already done my four like. Um, I'm going to take King. Dante Moore, great athlete. <laughs> I think King's going to win. Oh, my God. Um, so... I like to echo kind of Tate. This this is a tough pick, man. Muskegon Muskegon's really interesting because Muskegon, their last state championship win was 2017. They went four and zero. They went to the state title in 2018, lost to King. Uh, they went to the state title in 2019, lost to River Rouge. 2020, they lost in the semifinals to Dewitt. Uh, they got upset in the districts last year, um, so they have not won a state title in five years. Uh, a team that goes to the state championship a lot. And and while they did have that rough three and two start, 
They did lose to two pretty good teams. They lost to De La Salle, who's in the T2 state title, and they lost to Zeeland West by two points, who they then avenged in the regional championship game. If you look at, at their other state or their other playoff teams that they've been playing, I would argue that they've had probably a bit tougher of a run than King. Um, King beat River Rouge, but River Rouge finished five and five. River Rouge had a pretty tough year. Uh, then they beat Allen Park, who was a five and four team. They beat Brother Brother Rice, who had only three wins during the regular season. While they did pull off in a remarkable one point upset over De La Salle, I just think that was probably an off week for De La Salle. And then they just beat Mason handily. And Mason, while they were undefeated, uh, Goose Poop talked about this on an earlier podcast. Mason was super low in playoff points because Mason beat three teams who didn't win a game this year. And they beat, I think three other teams in the regular season with losing records. So Mason played a pretty easy schedule to get to nine and zero. nothing against. And I know he just had coach Houghton on. So I apologize if coach Houghton's listened to this right now, this is just for the sake of the argument of the matchup, nothing away from Mason for their uh, remarkable season. They had, um, I'm also going to go with Muskegon here. Corey, I'm sorry. I, I was looking at something while you are picking it. You picked King, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. I'm going to go uh, along with Brett. I'm going to also pick Muskegon. I, I think they've had a tougher path, and I think they're playing better than King. Goose poop. I'm riding with uh, with King, um, but this is the single largest or the single smallest spread we're going to put out here of all eight games. I think it's a two-point spread, maybe a three-point spread. Um, so it could realistically go either way. I think uh, Brett's analysis was very apt. Um, but um probably have not King has probably not seen a ground attack like this since since Cass, but uh model says King, so we're gonna go with them. All right, our final two divisions here. Uh division two, Friday at 1 p.m. Warren de la Salle, who's been a perennial powerhouse over the last 15 years. Uh, won several state titles over the last 10 years, 12 and one with, as I just mentioned a moment ago, their only loss, a major upset earlier this year. Uh, probably the only reason brother rice made the playoffs was because of this one point win upset win earlier this year over De La Salle. Uh, so that was their only loss in a 12 and one. And they're playing a grand Rapids forest Hill central team who is 13 and Oh Tate. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to pick uh, Forso Central here going against uh, the Warren De La Salle All-Stars, as you would uh, kind of <laughs> want to put it. Um, but I just can't. Uh, Brady Drogash, he's uh, got probably the single-headed best team around him I saw last year personally. Um, I'm sure a lot of those guys are back. So, yeah, I'll go with De La Salle. I got Warren De La Salle too. As much as I'd love to see the hometown Forest Hill Central team win, um, I think that they're going to be slightly outmatched. I was very impressed with their win over Dexter. They played maybe arguably the best athlete in the playoffs um, and Cole Cabana running back for Dexter, and they were able to, to win that game in overtime. But I think Warren De La Salle is just solid from top to bottom. I think they're going to win the ball game. Um. Obviously, I have to pick Forest Hill Central, but I I actually am leaning that direction. So I think Forest Hill Central, great defense, as we saw, uh, Brett and I saw versus Mona Shores, which was nice to see. They've only allowed 20 points once this year. Exactly. Um, and Mona Shores was a pass-heavy team. So I think Forest Hill Central has what it takes to beat De La Salle. If they can shut down the run, 
um, versus pretty much a college offensive line, I think that they can take this game home. So I'm going to stick with Forest Hill Central, and I'm going to stay true to that pick. Um, I picked De La Salle. I picked De La Salle before the season, and I picked De La Salle going into the playoffs. Now, De La Salle, I argued this last year, and I think it's holding true again. De La Salle has had a very easy. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm gonna use the word easy path to the state championship. As they did last year, they played us last year. They beat, I think, three, five and four teams on their way to the state title Uh, this year, a six and three team, a seven and two team in Roseville. But then Lance Cruz was also five and four in the regional Groves was a six and three team. Um, They really haven't been challenged, I would say, since they played Detroit Catholic Central uh, back in week six of the regular season. Um, I don't know anything about Dayton, Ohio Ponets, who they crushed. Uh, River Rouge did not have a very good season. River Rouge, I know, has been very successful recently, but River Rouge lost second round last year, um, went seven and three, and this year they went five and five. Now they did lose to some very good teams. I'm not taking that away from River Rouge. They did lose to some very good teams. But the difference between the good and great teams is winning. And De La Salle is not beating teams that have won a lot of games. Now, that doesn't mean that De La Salle isn't very good. De La Salle is a very talented team. This is all for the sake of my argument for this pick. I'm going to change up my pick. I'm going to pick Forest Hill Central. Um, I think they've played and beaten much tougher opponents in the playoffs uh, and even in the regular season. I I, I think... um, they like Corey mentioned. I know Corey had to make the pick to catch some ground on Brett, uh, but I really do truly believe that Forest Hill Central does have what it takes to beat De La Salle. And uh, I know Goose Poop's going to pick De La Salle, but uh, I think they got what it takes to pull an upset. Real, real quick before um, Cannon makes his picks, but ex River Rouge coach Corey Parker. Look out for him for the Northwood job. He's coaching at Toledo right now. So there's that. That was so random. <laughs> it had to do with River Rouge. Chill. Go ahead, uh, Ken. Well, so I, I, think, I think Vince's points were great on why you would think FHC maybe has a chance here, right? Um, they haven't played anyone basically. Uh, that's maybe a little strong, but they came out of a – very weak side, very weak corner of the bracket, right? Groves, Lance Cruz, those two teams. That that whole uh, regional final was 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 clearly the weakest in D two, and I think the results on the field showed it. Um, they haven't played anyone who's really at the level that FHE's at since River Rouge. Vince, I would push back on you a little bit. River Rouge is not a true five and five team. I think that that forfeit to Lakeview is incorrectly reflected. Right, I forgot um, about that. Right? That's true. I think they're actually a six and four team, um, but we had River Rouge rated as high as number one team in D3 for several weeks this year. So I think that's a great team. They just happened to draw MLK first round of the playoffs. Right. And so um, all that, all that being said uh, there, th- th- that's maybe why you would cast a, a, a second look on Dale Sal's results this year. Um, 
there's two teams a red arrow is never allowed to pick uh <laughs> rapids and fhc so i cannot pick the rangers here uh, <laughs> thankfully my model aligns with uh with that pick so i'm going with uh with dale sal all right Final division, gentlemen, uh, the big dogs, uh, the game that Cannon's been getting the most shit on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram over for his model. Uh, Caledonia, out of the OK Red, 12-1. and one. Uh, Their only loss being to Week 9 to Rockford, which they avenged in double overtime in the district championship game. Uh, the first Division One West Side team to make it to the state finals, to even get to a state championship since Rockford won it all back in 2008. Um, as we put out on Twitter, you got to remember that division one is very, very uh, Metro, De- Metro Detroit heavy geographically um, outside of Metro Detroit. There's about 24 teams. And then when you leave the East side of the state, uh, cause there's a few teams in the Ann Arbor and Flint areas in division one, once you leave the East side of the state, there's only about 14 or 15 D one teams that remain. Um, so there's not a lot of, t- you know, it's a small sample size, but still uh, it's often that you have two East sides teams playing uh, for division one. In fact, uh, sorry guys, I, but I would like to throw this out there. I think this is an interesting stat since 1975, which is the year that, football playoffs started in the state of Michigan only about 27% of the time. And this goes back to when there was only four divisions at one time when it was class A, B, C, and D for playoffs for a long stretch of time in the seventies and eighties, only about 27% of the time of those 96 finalists, that's 48 playoffs, 96 total team appearances. Only 27% of them have been from the West side. For division one or class a that is a very small amount and that's back when muskegon was class a at one time east lansing was class a uh traverse city central was class a midland was class a there was a lot escanaba escanaba has two or three class a state title appearances so that was at a time when there was 150 class a or division one schools so that is crazy going back for you know 48 years uh, that only about a quarter of the time that a team from the west side of the state is making the Division One playoffs. So, so uh, real quick, Vince, are you are we saying just like exclusively out of Metro Detroit because Midland is right? Team, you, I mean, you gotta you gotta remember that you're talking. There's like 40, and even if you go back further, probably like 60, 70 Class A Division One teams in the Metro Detroit area. So, I, I. I Right, I'm saying that Midland is not considered Metro Detroit. Yes, yeah, so when I say West, when I say West, West, West Side is very broad in relation to the Metro Detroit area. Correct, West Side meaning not Metro Detroit, essentially for a lot of <laughs> what I just said there. But again, Metro Detroit has such a heavy concentration of schools. There's so many schools in that that region. But anyway, playing undefeated, defending state champs, Caledonia has a big matchup Saturday at one o'clock with Belleville Tate. Yeah, based on all those stats you just threw out, I think there's this general consensus that Division One football doesn't exist in Grand Rapids, um, which is fine. Um, and I think that you know, based on a lot of the, the goose, Mister Goose Poops mentions. Maybe Belleville and their fans, and I can't say this about their players because, you know, only those only those players and those coaches truly know. But I believe that Belleville 
and the large majority of Metro Detroit's overlooking Caledonia, kind of laughing at the fact that um, the Scots are in this game to begin with. Uh, just based on that general belief and the fact that Caledonia's just got some dudes on their team, um, I'm taking the fighting Scots here, bringing home the first D1 state championship to West Michigan since 2008. Uh, Mace McKenzie is one of the best quarterbacks in the state, and I think he's going to put that on display. Um, and watch out for Brock Townsend, too. He's a running back that I think has legit uh, power five potential at the D1 next level. So uh, keep an eye on him. He's only a junior. He's going to be back for a whole other year. So give me Caledonia in the D1 game. Brett. I have Caledonia too. Echoing all the comments Tate said, I think, I think Caledonia is going to come and they're going to punch them in the mouth. They've been kind of playing the underdog ever since they lost to Rockford, and they have just a very solid team. I watched them play against Grand Ledge, and Grand Ledge gave them a good fight. But Caledonia, they just they have a lot of depth it seemed, um, and they have arguably one of the better quarterbacks in state finals, which Belleville does too. Um, but Belleville's quarterback is also a sophomore, even though he's been in the state finals before. Um, but I, I think Cal's going to win this game, and I'm going to be rooting like Cal for him. Corey, this one stings this one stings my soul because I thought I thought I was going to go with Caledonia. Um, Caledonia does have some dudes. They have a couple guys at linebacker, safety, um, even D tackle that. Honestly, we're doing their things. two defensive ends are very good. <laughs> I mean, number six, I don't know what his name is, but Brock he Townsend. is that's he's Brock a, Townsend, a chiseled dog out there, just yep. manhandling children. Um, yeah, exactly, chiseled dog. And they had a safety that could ball, they had a couple D tackles that could ball, but Bryce Underwood, Belleville. They get over the um, fact that their coach was recently fired, cannot coach in the state of Michigan until 2024 per the D-Zone. So if that fact is wrong, credit the D-Zone on that. Um, But I am taking Belleville. For the very reason Corey just said, (laughs) I am picking Cal. What What an enormous distraction. What an eno- I, I can't imagine being on a team. You know, credit to Belleville for for winning. Uh, you know, a very tough a game good, yeah. against Cas Tech. Cas Tech's very good team, obviously. You know, very talented team. But with that distraction of him suspended looming over their head, now with his Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, dismissal. Ah, uh, that's that is an ad distraction to what Tate said that I tremendously agree with of Cal being overlooked greatly. I feel like Cal um, is a team 
that is surprisingly good. Um, and I say that not as you know a criticism of them, but they're a team that I felt has been the underdog in the OK Red since they joined back in 2014. I think it was when they got put in the OK Red um, when their enrollment went up a bit and the OK Red shuffled around. Uh, they had not beaten Rockford in eight years. 2014 was the last time uh, that they had beaten Rockford. I think that was actually, maybe it was a non-conference game. I can't remember, but uh, they had not beaten Rockford in eight years and they just pulled that big win off. Uh, the other impressive win was their game this last week. Clarkston was averaging more than 40 points per game this year. 40 points per game. They put up 49 on a talented. Toughest conference in the state. Uh, 100%. And they shut them out 21 to zero. That to me is the most impressive win of their season. I think they're playing their best football. I think they're very tough. I think they're well coached. I think they have very talented players across every position. I think Belleville is going to be their toughest opponent yet, but I think they have the pieces to pull off an upset against a team that uh, might be overlooking them and very distracted by uh, what just happened with their coach. Yeah, um, there's a lot that's been said already uh, that supports the models viewpoint. Uh, we're going with Cal. I think the number one game is this last game. Clarkston, uh, Cal won 21-0. Um, there's, there's like a couple, there's probably a two, you'd have to do two daisy chains to link the opponents, but uh, Clarkston was in a fairly close game with Southfield A&T where there was just a bunch of Points scored, and then Southfield uh, ended up beating Castec by two, which Belleville only won by one. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what the model, in, in, a, in a very simplistic form, what the model's seeing. And they're like, okay, well, there's this team out there that won by 21 over a team that's really kind of neck and neck with the rest of the the teams in D1. So we rate Cal as, a, as, as probably a touchdown favorite. So... One more thing that I would add along with that, and you mentioned this, I think, Cannon, when we talked to you uh, going into the playoffs, Belleville plays in a conference that's not very good. The Kensington Lakes Conference, um, not a very impressive conference, and they they had a big-time win. Belleville's win over Detroit Catholic Central and Cas Tech are very good wins. Uh, the Celine game, while maybe eyebrow raising, Celine doesn't really play in a very good conference. And Celine has been ousted in the first or second round of the playoffs uh, now for two years in a row. Um, you know, they made a run in the COVID year to the regionals, uh, but got beat pretty handily by Rockford. I wouldn't count that COVID year because they beat two, three teams with losing records in the COVID year to get to a regional, you know, that was a goofy year lost first round 2019. They haven't really had a good team in about four years, Celine. And that is probably the win that I think most people would look at as wow. Belleville's Belleville is legit now. And I'm not, I, you know, Belleville's very good, obviously, but uh, I, I do think people are, are not um, weighing some of these teams correctly in terms of uh talent and you know common opponents things like that so i think it'll be a very good game but just uh, jump in there vince the belleville single best result from this year is their win over uh detroit catholic central just per the model so we rated them as a 13 point favorite there they ended up winning by 23 um the celine one was actually right on the model i think we had them as an 18 or 19 point favorite they ended up winning by 18 so 
doesn't really tell our model would say that result told you nothing about Belleville uh, properly rated. And then actually this cast tech result would, they would say uh, it, um, it, it, it informed you that Belleville is a worse team than you thought. So, uh, cause they were expected to beat cast by a touchdown. They only won by one. So in overtime too, the, the model probably doesn't take into account that they had no. to score with, I think 30 seconds. Wasn't there like 10 seconds left? Bryce Underwood, I think, scored right at the end of the game to tie it to go into overtime. They were losing 21-14 and had to tie it up right at the end to even take it into overtime. Yep, that's and right. They, yeah, the one in uh, one version. They get stopped. They lose 21-14. I mean, they're one play away from not even going to the state championship. So uh, Caledonia's wins, to me, have just been more impressive. I mean, you can make the same argument for Caledonia's win against Rockford, but that's right. I mean, if you were to if you were to kind of steel man the the Belleville argument, would you would say that uh, Cass has been surging of late, and they're actually a totally different team than they were in the first three games, right? Uh, and that the Southfield loss doesn't really count because it was over two days, and that's not a real game. Um, and then that Carmel Indiana is not a you know it's it's, it's an out of state game, so throw that out. And so their only real loss is to MLK, who's in the state finals. Okay. And yeah, we just won over undefeated Dakota by two touchdowns and that we should have, you know, we, we right. so we're, we're, we're really the, the Belleville win was actually, and I was actually a very good result in that cast was severely underrated by our model. I think is what the Belleville crowd would say. So, right. um, just, we're going to get a lot I, of I don't shit, that, but either way, all of us are about to get a ton of has, shit when has we your release computer this. not watched football cannon. Yeah. Cannon. Is your computer not watching football? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're making the arguments for like, we are watching, we are paying attention. We're comparing teams. I, I, I just feel like, um, you know, people, and if we could be wrong, I don't know. Belleville crushes Caledonia. I will eat my words. I'll eat my words, but and Brett will eat some wings. St. <laughs> Francis is not losing to Lumen Christi Corey. That was a bad pick. Well, <laughs> you, you can only do what you can do with what you can do. So, uh, Speaking of, yeah, let's actually, let's, one thing I should add before we wrap this up here is just as a reminder to anyone who's been following Brett, Corey, and I, um, along with Goose Poop, Cannon, thank you for your time this year, uh, providing us with your your it was your user picks during the regular season, and then model picks during the playoffs. We've been posting every week on Twitter and Instagram, and most episodes talking about. It. Uh, we've been picking games of the week and keeping track of of who has the right picks and the wrong picks. And then uh, we've been doing it uh, during the playoffs, semifinals. We picked every semifinal game and now obviously state championship games. We picked every single one as well. Uh, at this point, it is a very tight matchup uh, going into this weekend. Uh, right now, Brett is 54 and 22. Corey is 50 and 26. And Goose Poop and I are tied 57 and 19. And right now we have one, two, three, four, five different picks. So there's going to be very likely a clear winner loser shakeup between all five of us here. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I think I have a big enough lead on Corey to not suffer our punishment. So the loser, if you remember way back when, uh, back in August, the, the decision was that the loser of this contest uh, has to do the blazing wings challenge. Uh <laughs> 
live. We are well. I don't know about live, but we will definitely record it. And we are share doing it. it live. We're doing we'll it definitely live. record and share it. And the so, aftermath being uh, filmed live. Yeah. <laughs> yes. well, it's for that sake. It's good that Vince is clearly going to not lose because that's his every morning. Oh boy, yeah, that that was good. So. Anyway, just wanted to remind people listening that that was the uh, the contest there. Cannon is exempt. We just add him in there for fun. So Goose Poops picks were just for fun. But And Tate, we just added Tate during the playoffs. So anyway, Cannon, Tate, we appreciate your guys' time. Thank you so much. Uh, obviously, hope to have you guys on again soon. Uh, I got to talk with these two guys. But uh, after state championships, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll text you guys. Maybe we'll have you guys back on if we uh, decide that we want to do uh all five of us again i really enjoyed the around the horn that was the first time doing that that was a lot of fun so yeah that was a blast uh that around the horn was a pretty cool concept i'm glad we did it well we'll have to iron it out a little bit iron out the details but i thought it was uh was pretty good so Corey, brett anything you guys want to add here or uh anything you want to any comments to canon or tape before we let him go yeah, appreciate having you guys on. It's always a pleasure, and this is the best week in sports. You got Feast Week in basketball, high school football wrapping up, college football wrapping up, rivalry rivalry weekend. It's it's great. Yes, sir. I agree. I agree with that. Thank you guys for jumping on. Um, may the odds forever be in my favor with these picks. And uh, yeah, great week of sports. <laughs> Cannon, any last words from you? Oh, guys, this is always great. I feel like we're putting a bow on a on a magical uh, first full season of the pod. Right. So uh, this is great. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to check out anything Cannon, a.k.a. Goose Poop, or Tate Baker are doing uh, with high school football or football in general, please check out the links in the description of the audio and video version of the podcast here uh, to check out their social media and the things that they're putting out. Uh, appreciate anyone who stuck through that. That was a long, long uh, high school football version of the episode, but uh, please stay on. We'll wrap things up with college football shortly. Hope you enjoyed uh, the Michigan High School Football State Championship preview conversation there. Very long discussion and picks with Tate Baker and Cannon Dean, a.k.a. Goose Poop. Uh, if you listen to that entire thing, greatly appreciate you taking the time uh, to check out that entire portion of the podcast as uh, I haven't started editing this yet as of recording, but I would imagine that that was probably an hour of this podcast. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into college football here. It's not going to be a very long segment. Uh, we're just going to talk about a few games, uh, mention a couple, uh, discuss a couple, and wrap things up, and then we'll wrap. Well, we'll wrap up with the Lions really briefly. Got to mention our lie downs as they're actually on a three game win streak, which is very exciting. But before we get to the Lions, we're going to talk football here. College football, geez, Pete's. College football before we get to the Lions. D3 playoffs. Alma, Scott Nation, stand up, kilt style, baby. Go, Scots. First Michigan uh, D3 team to win a playoff game since Albion won the national title in 1994. Uh, in that 20, almost 30 almost year stretch, uh, the only MIAA, our, our, D3 conference here in the state of Michigan. The only MIAA team to win a playoff game is Trine. Uh, Trine joined the conference, uh, I believe, in the, the late 2000s. 
uh, somewhere around 2007 or 2008, uh, somewhere in that stretch. I think they joined the MIAA. Uh, maybe it was a little bit before that. Um, so the you know dozen years or so before they joined the conference, there was no playoff wins from the MIAA. Since Trine has joined the conference, Trine is the only team from the MIAA to secure a playoff win. Um, and I think they've done it three times. I'd have to pull it back up. But I thought at one point when I checked that they have actually, in the last 12 years, that Trine has won um, a playoff game in three different seasons. Uh, in one year, Trine won two. Trine, I think, at least one time that I remember, made it to the third round of the playoffs, made it to the Elite Eight, to the quarterfinals. Uh, but no Michigan team. In 28 years for the MIAA has won a playoff game. Alma has ended that drought. Uh, Alma beat Mount St. Joseph's, an undefeated Mount St. Joseph's team, 41-21 to on Saturday uh, to get to 11-0 for the first time in school history. Uh, best record in school history. I believe it was their first playoff win as well in school history. Uh, Brett and Corey, I believe, just told me that I don't think you guys said neither of you got a chance to watch much of the game. I I was able to watch most of the game was streamed live on YouTube through Alma's athletic um, YouTube account. I'm hoping to stream live the game uh, this weekend, at least some of it. Um, unfortunately, I'll be at the state championship games, a couple of them, so I'll have to pull it up on my phone. But I'd like to be able to watch some of the game in between plays or in between quarters if I can. Alma's very explosive. That was the one thing I took away from this game. Uh, Mount St. Joseph opened the game up with a six-point lead, uh, missing the extra points. They're up 6 nothing early. Uh, Alma rattled off 21 unanswered points in about six minutes uh, to go up 21-6. to six. Yeah, 20, uh, yeah, about six minutes. They rattled off 21 unanswered points uh, to go up 21-6. to six. Uh, Nine-yard touchdown run, 51-yard scoop and score, and a one-yard touchdown run. Um, Mount St. Joseph is game of runs. Then Mount St. Joseph, uh, proceeded to score 15 unanswered. They had a successful two point conversion, uh, to make the game 21, 21 and a half. Um, and then Alma rattled off 20 unanswered points to end the game, a 74 yard touchdown pass, a 21 yard touchdown pass. And then they, they knocked in with two minutes left, a five yard touchdown run right at the end of the game as they were running the clock out. Uh, very impressive win. Their total offense for both teams is actually pretty similar. 446 yards for Alma to 370 for Mount St. Joseph. Um, they both, both teams did have a fumble, um, and Alma actually had two turnovers uh, to Mount St. Joseph's one. Um, I do think that some of the explosive plays uh, for Alma were – you know, a big factor in the game. Mount St. Joseph had to punt two more times. Uh, you know, 41 points, pretty impressive outing for Alma. Um, and, you know, they, they've been a team this year that's that scored a lot of points um, all year long, you know, averaging 41 points per game on the season. So they're right at their average uh, this year. So they have to play Aurora, uh, Aurora University, is who they will be playing next, who just pulled off maybe one of the biggest upsets in Division Three playoff football in quite some time. Uh, they beat University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, a perennial powerhouse in Division Three football. They beat them 33-28 in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, the interesting thing about Aurora is Aurora played at Hope College week one and lost 38-34. It was a game where Hope, um, I think, cashed in on several turnovers, if I remember correctly, Aurora turned the ball over a bunch of times in that game. 
I think we talked about this game earlier this year, um, and I think that was one of the contributing factors. Um, and Hope, I believe, had to come back. Yes, Hope was down uh, 34 uh, to 17 and rattled off 21 answered points to win the game. Now, Hope ended up finishing the year 6-4, and four, so Hope didn't really have that impressive a year. Uh, and since then, Aurora has won 11 straight games. Um, 10 straight games, 10 straight games, excuse me. They've won 10 straight games, uh, crushing opponents in the meantime. I don't really know this, the conference that Aurora comes out of the NACC. I I don't know much about it. The Northern, uh, Northern athletics college conference. I don't know a lot about that conference, even going through the teams that they play against. They're not a lot of schools that I am familiar with. Some of them I've heard of, but they're not traditional powerhouses in division three, um, so I don't know if you guys want to make any sort of predictions. I, I, I think Alma has a pretty good shot. I think they're playing about as well as anyone right now. I, if I, if Alma had to play whitewater, I probably would have picked Wisconsin whitewater. Um, I would argue that Aurora is probably coming off a tremendous high, uh, from having pulled off the upset over whitewater. And now Alma gets to play this game at home as well. I think home field advantage is huge in division three playoffs. Uh, that place was rocking for their playoff game last week. It was a packed, packed house, and I'm sure uh, it'll be packed again uh, as the weather is supposed to be decent this weekend. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Any uh, projections? Yeah, just some quick feedback. So Aurora obviously won their conference, um, currently sitting at 10-1 and one with that loss to Hope. Concordia, Wisconsin, St. Norbert, Benedictine, um, yeah, not a great conference generally in football. So I think Alma continues. I think they win. I think they win handily. Um, and then I believe they play Mount Union after that. So that'll be a great matchup. Um, or the winner of Mount Union and whoever Mount Union plays. So I think uh, Alma's got a shot to make it to the Elite Eight. Brett, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I echo everything that you guys said too. I think that the, the main thing is that it's a home game for Alma and being in a small community that that community really backs their football team. And I think it's the weather is supposed to be somewhat decent this weekend. Um, but I do think Alma has a very good potential in that game. And I think that they can win. Um, Wisconsin Whitewater who Aurora just beat, like we just talked about uh, end of the season with three losses. So um, they weren't invincible this year, uh, but they do come from a very tough conference um, one of their losses, 
was to Wisconsin Platteville, who beat Michigan Tech the first game of the year, 23 to 13. So they won by 10 as a D3 team over a D2 team. Um, so it was a pretty high quality loss, but I think Ahmad has a solid chance to win this game. They're a pretty good team from top to bottom. And I'm gonna I'm gonna rescind my statement. I'm just looking at the bracket right now. For some reason I thought Elmo was in the same region as I was gonna correct you. If you didn't mention, I was gonna correct you. Yeah. Oh, weren't they in the same region as Mountain Union? I so I I echoed this. I can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago. I don't really understand <laughs> how D three playoffs work. Uh D two playoffs have set regions. So there's a certain Yeah. There's four regions in D2 playoffs where the same teams every year are in that region. And actually, I remember it was about five or six years ago. They changed the regions. Every so often, they do change up the regions a bit. Because I remember the GLIAC getting moved to a different region not that long ago. Um, and like the yeah. GLIAC, the GLIAC and the GMAC are actually in different regions. Like when Hillsdale made the playoffs four years ago, they were in a different region from Ferris State and Grand Valley. But those regions are established ahead of time. I'm not sure I'd have to look into it how D3 regions work because some years Mount Union is in MIAA's region. Some years Wisconsin Whitewater is in the MIAA's region. So I, I don't know if it, if it has to do with the regional rankings, if they alternate the regions every year. I don't know. But yeah, Mount Union is not in the same region as Alma. If Alma pulls off this win over Aurora, they play the winner of St. John's, Minnesota, and Wartburg. Uh, St. John's, Minnesota is a team that is traditionally in the D3 playoffs every year. They are a team that has made runs. Um, I think they have a national championship um, from a long time ago uh, at one point, but that would be a very tough team to beat. So the last regional rankings posted on D3 football – um, dot com. Actually, no, this is on the NCAA's website. Region four is Mount Union number one, Alma two, St. Joseph three, Albion four, John Carroll five, DePaul six, Baldwin Wallace seven. So they must change the that <laughs> I was going to say. I'm like 100% positive Mount Union was in the same region as Alma. So really blows my mind. Yeah. But yeah, so sorry about that. They'll play the winner of St. John's, Minnesota, and Wartburg. So the I, only thing that I can think of is it has to do something with the automatic qualifiers. That's the only okay. thing I can think of. If you win your conference in division like three, it's an automatic located? bid. So, and then in terms of how they sort out the teams that get the at-large bids, the other thing that's bizarre is if you go to the NCAA website, they have seven divi- or six divisions or six, Jesus, they have six regions. But there's four regions in the bracket. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me. So I don't understand how that, like, the Division Three playoffs to me is like kind of a unicorn. Like, it doesn't make <laughs> any broken. sense. It doesn't seem real. It doesn't make any sense in terms of the format and how the, I don't know. You're telling me a college football playoff doesn't make sense for football? <laughs> Division Two makes sense to me. I have no yeah. issue with that. I, I don't have any problem. There's even some more anyway. things. So, like, Aurora's in Illinois, Mount Union's in Ohio. There's another region with another Illinois team in it that's outside of those two. I, I have no <laughs> idea. I'd have to Google it. I'd have to look up something that details it because I've, I've never really looked into it. I don't understand how their playoffs are, how that works. But 
Anyway, uh, good luck to the Alma Scots. Hoping for a big-time win and they can make it to the quarterfinals. Uh, again, they would have probably a very tough matchup with St. John's, Minnesota, who is traditionally a playoff team in D3 that that generally is is very good. Uh, they're not Whitewater. They're Mount Mount Union. They're not North Central. Uh, who is it? Uh, is it North, North Central? Central? Yeah, who's yep. on the other, other side uh, of the bracket. Um, if they beat... St. John's, they would likely play Mount Union in the semifinals. So Mount Union's right below them in the bracket. So that would be when they would have to play Mount Union if they can pull off to the next two wins. Uh, moving on to Division Two playoffs. Unfortunately, we had Coach Sparky McEwen on last week. We were very excited uh, to see his Davenport Panthers play the Ferris State Bulldogs. Uh, you know, big fans of Ferris State. You know, we have nothing against Ferris State, but we were kind of hoping to see an underdog pull off a big time win Davenport's first appearance in the D2 playoffs in school history best record in school history uh their program's only about seven years old six years old but uh we were hoping to see that upset they could not pull it off uh Ferris State was too much for them ended up winning 41 to 7 I believe was the final score so Davenport finishes the year eight and three uh Ferris State now has to play Pittsburgh State who is a perennial powerhouse in Division Two, they've won, I think, four or five, at least three state titles or state titles, national championships. Uh, Undefeated Pittsburgh State. Wow. Right, Pittsburgh State sitting at twelve and zero, um, which is very interesting because Ferris State gets to host this game, so it shows you with the regional rankings how much um, stock that the the committee was putting into Ferris State's strength of schedule with their one loss coming by one point to Grand Valley that they. Uh, they get to host um, this game. Uh, Pittsburgh State, according to what we have on our viewing guide, was ranked higher than Ferris State in the coaches poll by one spot. Uh, yeah. But the regional rankings had Ferris State higher than Pittsburgh State. So that is a huge advantage that Ferris State gets to play back-to-back home games. You guys want to make a prediction for this game? I think Ferris State plays GV next week. I think so too. Um, Big Rapids is a tough place to play. I mean, it's not the biggest stadium in the world at Top Taker Field, but Fair State, well, Pittsburgh State's been there before too, but Fair State, they just, Anise is going to get them right. And even talking to Coach Sparky McEwen last week, he kind of highlighted some of the things that he took from um, working with Coach Anise. Um, at Ferris State, and he's going to have those guys right, and it's all about culture, and they're, they're going to go out there, and I think they're going to win. I, I don't see them losing. I mean, Grand Valley State is a very good team that Ferris lost, but Ferris has beat a lot of good teams this year pretty handily. Um, so I think Ferris will win. One thing yeah. I do want to point out about Ferris is their quarterback play has been somewhat of like a, um, a what you call it, at the, the circus, a Ferris wheel. Um, they've had a lot of revolving door, a what revolving door. Well, yeah, kind of, but like some guys will start and then someone else will play a lot more. I mean, similar to last year with Jared Bernhardt and Malik Mitchell this year, they got three guys that have just been rotating. Like I have no idea who's going to start this game. His first state doesn't either, which is, I guess, an advantage. I think, um, this is probably the toughest game. Ferris state will play all year outside of grand Valley. Um, but I think that home field advantage is huge for them. Uh, defending national champs, so you're talking about a team that's very experienced in big games, playing tough teams. I think Anise will have them ready to go. 
uh, I, I'm also going to pick Ferris State with this game. So we got to remember, Ferris State's only freaking loss is to a crosstown rival in a by one game. one point by one point a so game I, they were winning in the fourth quarter. <laughs> exactly. So like to second guess Ferris State is just absolutely absurd. It is a blue blood in Division Two, though they're not playing a slouch. Sure. I mean, Pittsburgh State's sure. a tradition rich program and and undefeated this year. Uh, the, the other matchup in D2, obviously Grand Valley got a bye, so they did not play last week. They now have to play the, uh, another blue blood here, Northwest Missouri state, a team that, uh, Ferris state handled in the playoffs last year. Uh, Grand Valley, obviously sitting at 11 to no Northwest Missouri state is 10 and two, uh, with one of their losses being to Pittsburgh state by two points. Um, and they got beat at Central Oklahoma 23-14. to 14. I don't know anything about Central Oklahoma, if they've had a good year or not. Um, but what do you guys think about this one? Central and Oklahoma wins six. Central Oklahoma wins six and five. I just pulled that up. So not a very good Corey, team. Corey kind of already hinted at his pick. He said Fair State Grand Valley rematch when he picked Fair State. Right. I'm Pitt State. I I agree. I don't I think we're uh oh, we just lost Brett. <laughs> um, Brett's gone. Uh, he's been having internet issues. Uh, I'm going to echo what Brett was about to say. I think we're going to have a Grand Valley Ferris State rematch as well. I don't see uh, Grand Valley, you know, I don't see Grand Valley losing. So, yep. anyway, Grand Valley Ferris State moving on, hopefully playing for the regional championship uh, in a week, just over a week. All right. Uh, hopefully, Brett figures out his internet thing. <laughs> just frozen on the screen. Hopefully he rejoins in a second. Really quick, Corey and I are just going to mention the Mac schools kind of wrapping things up with their last game this week. Uh, Eastern Michigan, unfortunately, the only bowl eligible team of our three Mac schools. Eastern sitting at seven and four. Um, and then we have Central Michigan and Western both at four and seven. Central had a chance. They had a chance. They were four and six hosting Western Michigan last week. A Western Michigan team was three and seven and lost 12 to 10. And unfortunately that pretty much ends their bowl chance. Uh, Central now has to play at Eastern Michigan. Who's playing very well. Um, you know, I'd have to look it up. Do we know the last time, uh, Corey, that Eastern Michigan won eight games in the regular season. So if, if I were to guess they've never won eight games in a regular season. <laughs> I feel like Eastern's had to have won eight games in a regular season at one point. I'm going to try to get it pulled up here in a second, but Brett's rejoining us. Brett is back. Uh, Brett, we were just mentioning uh, with the Mac schools, very interesting that uh, Eastern Michigan has an opportunity to be sitting at eight and four going into bowl season if they can pull off a win over Central Michigan. Um, the last time Eastern Michigan won eight games in a season? 1987. They went 10 and 2. Oh. 1987. They went 10 and 2. That's the last time. They went 9 and 2 in the regular season and won a bowl game that year against San Jose State. I think that's their last bowl win. I think it is too. I think you're yeah. right. 1987 was their last time to win eight games, and it was their last time to win a bowl game. You know, that's pretty impressive for starting out two and two. I couldn't believe it. Last week they're like a six and a half or four and a half point dog to Kent State. Actually, I bet on that game, and I won, too, because they covered and won by seven points. But not a lot of love for uh, Eastern. But they, they're playing Central this Friday, which is going well, to be Well, their loss to Northern Illinois, is a uh, that's a bad loss. That's, yeah. a, that's a really bad loss. 
But yeah, if they if they win this game, uh, eight and four will be their best record in thirty five years. Yeah, and they're going to be the only Mac school that has a shot at making a bowl game too. With Central and Western both sitting at four and seven, the best they could Mac Michigan. Yeah, the Mac Michigan school. Yeah, Mac Michigan. Right. Yeah. Kind of Eastern at in the divisional standings. I haven't checked that in a while. I have no idea. While you're uh, while you're looking that up, I, I'll talk briefly on the Central Western Snowball that okay. I went to. So I got oh my yeah, first, Brett was that my first flavor of Maction last week when Central took on the Broncos of Western and the rivalry game um, up in Kelly Short Stadium, Mount Pleasant. When I got to the game, I walked into the stadium and I took a picture and. It was snowing so hard that my phone was covered in snow. I have never experienced anything like it. It was such a beautiful scene. And the, the tailgate lot, I mean, Central's never lost a tailgate. The tailgate lot was packed with students, and they all came in the stadium. And they, they were there for about the first half, but it was really funny. There was a moment in the game where the announcer said that to the students to stop throwing snowballs, and all of a sudden there's like a bunch of chatter from the student side, and they all just start chucking snowballs back at the western bench. It was pretty funny. Oh um, but it started out, uh, there was two touchdown drives in the first three drives of the game. I was thinking, man, this is gonna be like a really high scoring, fun game, and then the final score ended up being 12 10. Um, so it was pretty boring in the second, third, and fourth quarter was a little bit more interesting just because uh, the game was near an end, but. Nonetheless, Maction doesn't disappoint. It's the best worst football you'll ever watch. Um, I think that's <laughs> what makes it so great. It's a great um, way to put it. A lot of good athletes, but at this point in the season, there's a lot of injuries. And for some of the reasons that these athletes are playing at the Mac is because they make dumb decisions on the field. And um, you see a lot of that in Maction. But we love Maction. I know Barstool Sports, part of my take, they love Maction. Shout out to them. So, um, so here's something interesting. I got this pulled up, the standings for the Mac right now. Ohio has the best record in the Mac by far. They're sitting at nine and three, seven and one in the conference. Um, they've clinched the East Division, so Ohio will be playing for the Mac Championship at Ford Field. It's still at Ford Field. Last I knew, yep. right? Yep. In the West Division. Oh, and I guess I should mention this: in the East Division, the next, the second place team is Bowling Green, who's six and six. So it goes from nine and three to six and six. The West Division. The next two best records are Toledo and Eastern Michigan at seven and four. Eastern Michigan, if Toledo loses and Eastern Michigan wins, Eastern Michigan will have the second best record in the MAC of all 12 teams. That's crazy. And with that, let's get into Big Ten football here. Really quick, going to mention the disappointing, ugly, almost not worth mentioning Michigan State Spartans, but might as well mention them here really quick. Uh, Michigan State was sitting at 5-5 five and five in a really good spot to end the year 6-6 six and six going into senior day, hosting Indiana. Had a 17-point third-quarter lead, ended up blowing it and losing in overtime. Had three different opportunities to win that game. Uh, ended up losing in double overtime to Indiana. Drops Michigan State to five and six going into a must win game at Penn State if they want an opportunity to be bowl eligible with their only outside shot being like Rutgers last year. If there's just no bowl spots, if they need a bowl spot to fill, Rutgers got invited to a bowl game at five and seven last year just because they needed a spot to fill. Uh, Michigan State with a huge, passionate uh, international fan base 
could potentially get a bowl game bid like that because of money. Uh, the you know a, a bowl would be like oh Michigan State fans you know are all over the place. You could get some money out of that, but uh, that's a very outside shot. Last I don't... year was COVID induced though. That's how Rutgers got right. a shot. Right, I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised. Honestly, I I just like the season to end as a Michigan State fan. Just a really embarrassing, disappointing season. One that reminds me of the Lions, where it was a really ugly start. Then they gave me some hope, pulled off you know a big win on the road at Illinois, got us to five and five, and then whimpered, whimpered the season out with an ugly loss to an Indiana team that had one conference win. What an embarrassing, on senior day, on senior day, no less. What an embarrassing loss. Um, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really just want the season to be over. But 31 passing yards by Indiana. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's Embarrassing. Embarrassing. All right. With that, we'll get into the uh, far superior state of Michigan Big Ten team with the game. My co-hosts here are big Michigan fans. I'll let them take it away here. Uh, I'll introduce it really quick. Number three, Michigan at number two, Ohio State. 11-0. Both of them 11-0 for the first time since 2006. The game, this edition of the game in 2022 is down in Columbus, Ohio at the Shoe. Big time playoff implication, Big Ten championship implication game here, as I'm sure you guys want it to be. Yeah, just to kick it off, um, great weather predicted down in Ohio, 55 degrees, partly cloudy. Um, so should be great weather, no excuses there. Both teams kind of decimated with injury at this point. Um, Ohio State down a couple running backs. Uh in Jigbo, their best wide receiver hasn't played all year. So, and then they've had some cornerback injuries. Michigan, Blake Corum suffered a knee injury that looks like it's not very serious, more so just held him out the end of last week's game because they didn't need him. Um, we had Morris sit out last week. It looks like that was more so just precautionary. And then you had Donovan Edwards, who's been in and out all season. Um, with injury. So I would expect both teams as full as they can be. I would say Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, um, Morris, and and crew are back. And um, I think Michigan can handle this one. I think Michigan's run game, run stopping game is good enough that Ohio State really can't compete. They haven't had a great running game, running attack all year. And if they can really, if Michigan can really focus on the run and attacking the, the passer, um, I don't really see them having any problems. I think Michigan connects downfield in their passing game that's struggled. I think this is a 35, 35-24, 35-28 type of game Michigan wins. I think the key, I mean, both teams are have a lot of injuries. It's pretty typical this time of year. Um, obviously, the key for Michigan is their run game. That's their bread and butter. Can they move the football? I think that in order for Michigan to win this game, they're going to have to have at least like 125 yards on the ground from somebody. Um, and the key for Michigan is to get after C.J. Stroud. 
Yeah. Oh, a misconception from a lot of people is that CJ has can move with his legs. No, he's he's a pocket passer. He doesn't like to get out and move. And historically, that's where Michigan's gotten burned in the past with Ohio State, uh, with JT Barrett, Troy Smith. Uh, the list goes on and on. Um, but if they can get to CJ Stroud in like two and a half seconds and not give him time to pick apart Michigan's good secondary, uh, but Ohio State just has phenomenal athletes on the wild. They're going to make big plays. There's going to be a big player too. But the key is to limit the big plays and to really control uh, the possession, the time of possession of the game. I think that's Michigan's key to win. Um, Michigan is a seven and a half point dog right now. I actually just placed a bet for Michigan to cover that. Um, Corey said it is going to be good weather. It is going to be good weather, but it isn't going to be good weather if you're Michigan. If you're Michigan, you want Ohio State to have to run the ball um, just because their their passing game is so elite. Uh, both teams had a little bit of a scare last week. Um, I think both teams were looking ahead. I'm, uh, I listened to a lot of Michigan podcasts, and that there was very minimal talk last week about Illinois. It was all about Ohio State. So fan base has been looking ahead. This has been a game that pretty much since Michigan beat Penn State and Iowa, people are were talking about, yeah, undefeated Michigan versus Ohio State. Um, it's in the shoe. Michigan hasn't won there, I don't know, 2002? Yeah, it's been um, a long time. It's been a very long time. Um, so they're due for a win, but, you know, we'll see. Um, it's going to be a fun game. Looking forward to it. It's the best game of the year. Um, unfortunately, it happens at the same time as the Caledonia-Belleville game, like we talked earlier. <laughs> All right. With that, do we want to wrap things up really quick here with the Lions? Lions, baby. Lie downs. All right. Uh, We just talked about this a moment ago before we started recording. The Lions are in a unique. (laughs) This is not really a good thing, but it's a good and a bad thing. Uh, The Lions are a unique spot right now. So they're on a three game winning streak. All the month of November, they're sitting at one and six. They beat the Packers. They beat the Bears. They pull off a pretty, imp- I don't know if Im- improbable is the right word, but maybe a surprising win on the road at a Giants team that was seven and two uh, to get Dan Campbell to three and zero against teams in his tenure who were five or more games over 500, which Corey, I don't know if you saw this. He is the first Lions coach to do that in some time. Mm-hmm. In fact, the last, I think, three or even four, maybe even five Lions coaches didn't have a 3-0 and mark against teams at five or more games over 500 when they played them. Uh, if the Lions pull off a win on Thanksgiving Day against the Buffalo Bills, it will be the first time they go undefeated in November since 1962. 60 years since they've been undefeated in the month of november that is an absurd drought absurd 60 years and out of all lines teams this team has been battered with injuries this month they just right. they're persevering it's incredible dan like, like campbell we, dan campbell but like we like we talked about like what that we got rid of aubrey pleasant what the hell happened in between aubrey pleasant the and defense our has gotten day? better 
The defense is How? It's just a DB's coach. Like, was he telling him, like, hey, let him catch passes, boys. We're just blowing this season. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't what know. What is going on? Very bizarre. Brett, I mean, where do you stand? There's been injuries. Like, Tracy Walker got hurt, like our best DB. And Okuda left last game with a concussion. I mean. Brett, where do you stand Aaron Glenn now? You wanted him fired, like, week Two or four, three, three. Well, four. I didn't realize the problems with Aubrey Pleasant. I mean, that's. I just want to know: Do you feel like you personally are giving AG a second chance? I mean, he's not on the hot seat, but his seat's a little bit warm. It's like when you just got <laughs> on the car and you just turn on your heated seat, it's and then you nice. turn it right it's, off. You turn no, it no, off. no, 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 no. Like it's like you just walked. In. It's just you walked into McDonald's after a long car trip, and you walk into the stall, and it's a little bit still warm. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he's not—he's not impressing me. If that's what your question is, he's, he's no, 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 no. I just am simply asking where does he stand? Where do, you, where does he stand in your eyes in general? Like at one point, you were very vehemently like he needs to be fired, like gone. I just curious where you're at with him now. Yeah, I'm not I mean, suggesting anything. I'm just asking. I was a 10. I'd probably say I'm like a, a 6 now. I mean, I don't see a reason why he should be kept around, but also I don't really see a reason why he needs to be fired ASAP. I guess I, there, I, need, I need a bigger body of work. The nice thing is we just beat a Giants team who was 7-2, and two, but the one defense I have towards the Giants is clearly Saquon was still hurt. He was trying to come back way too early. He looked like absolute dog poo-poo and yes it was a good win but you could just tell that wasn't the Giants team that was seven and two without Saquon Um, Lions have their own slew of injuries too so I mean yeah but Saquon's a top five NFL player yeah we don't have any of those Aiden Hutchinson not top five dude they were just comparing I saw some stats Aiden Hutchinson in terms of his interceptions and sacks on the year he compares with some pretty impressive players Oh, he's good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it feels, it's, I was telling Brett this. I still think his pass rush game is very meh versus many others. But like we saw in high school, Vince, the kid's got a motor that you just can't. Could you replicate. imagine blocking somebody who's trying to tackle the person literally 100% of the time? Like not if you watch, seven. If you watch 100. him every play, he absolutely dominates that tackle. He doesn't get free, but he is moving Oh, if I was a tackle, he's the guy who shows up as a scout team player who just goes banshee crazy the whole practice. Scout team like All-American. Yeah, and you're like, dude, <laughs> chill out. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But that's good. Well, gentlemen, anything else we want to add? Or I think that this is episode, I think, uh, is going to be in around two hours. So I think that's about the time to end. So if the Lions beat a good Bills team this week, they're going to be, what, five Five and and six? Five and and six. six. They're four and six right now. They will probably be about one game out from the wild card. Which is crazy. Depending (laughs) on what the Redskins do this or the Commanders do this week. A team they beat. They beat the. That was their first win of the year. <laughs> so, I think. Um, I think if the Lions win this week, they are legitimate playoff shot. I would say trade so. Deadline. When's the NFL trade deadline? I don't know. Same by now. Go get a safety. The Lions Actually, have some winnable. Really if the Lions can beat the Tuesday, Bills for second, it's already happened. 
if the Lions can beat the Bills, they have some far inferior teams down the stretch compared to the Dude, Bills. If the Lions beat the Bills, they play Jacksonville the following week, and they're at five. They also have to play the Bears and the Viking or the Bears and the Packers again, who are not having great seasons. They've already beaten both those yeah, teams. Bears at home. Bears at home. So you're talking if they can beat the the Bills, I really think they could get to nine wins, eight or nine wins. Vikings five and six, too. and the and they play the Panthers. They should have beat the Vikings on the road. They're up by ten Whoa, in the fourth time quarter. Out. Timeout. I'm calling a timeout. We play the Bills. Say we lose. We play the Jags. Win. Vikings. Meh. Jets. Win. Panthers. Win. Bears. I mean, there's four or five more wins on the table. We got Jamison Williams in the uh, the wings right now. Too. They they the have incubator. a <laughs> they have they're sitting at four and six right now. They're seven games left. I think they have a legitimate chance at winning eight or nine games now. And I said going in back and in, going into this season, whenever we, we previewed, said, I agreed. I agree. I'm not saying you guys disagree or anything. I just am saying I said if the the Lions had a good chance to at the very least get to seven or eight wins on this year, definitely double their wins. Now I was not expecting a one and six start. You know they had some very close losses, but uh, I still stand by what I said. I was like I I really feel this team has a seven or eight win season in them, and they're very likely good chance to win eight or nine games, at least with how they're playing right now. If they keep playing the way they're playing right now, I am guaranteeing at least eight wins. They can win four more games with how they're playing right now and finish easy and finish. They'd finish eight and nine. Do you think eight, and nine makes the playoffs this year? Possibly dude, the league's beating each other up. Do you realize there's only two teams there's only one team with one loss, two teams with two losses. And I think everyone else has three or more losses. If I remember correctly, I just checked the stands the other day. The Eagles have one loss, correct? The Vikings, no, the the Eagle. So is there no longer a team with one I'm loss? Pretty, I'm pretty sure the Eagles just lost two straight. So there's no longer a team in the NFL with one loss. Yay or nay? I Eagles just have one loss. No, they came back. They did come back and beat. Okay, them. I was saying I thought that correct. They're losing thought, to the Colts for right uh, much of the game. So the yeah, chief, the Chiefs have two losses. The Chiefs have two losses. The Eagles have one. The Vikings have two. Everyone else has three or more losses. <laughs> the league is just beating each other up right now. I mean. You look at NFL standings. I mean, you got teams in right now with five losses. Yep. I mean, There's it's crazy. There's a chance, boys. There's a chance. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. You got teams with five losses making the playoffs right as of right now. I mean. There's a chance they some things some things would really have to fall their way, but they're. There is a chance they got to they got to keep playing how they're playing and just win, just win. All right, anything else you guys want to add? Otherwise, I think we got to wrap this thing up because this is going to be a long episode. Wrap it up. It's time for Thanksgiving. If you enjoy what you listen to, please make sure you check us out on Twitter at GLSF Ball. Follow us on Instagram as well at Great Lake State Football. 
Uh, please make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube. If you like the video version episode of this podcast, Great Lake State Football, uh, add us to your Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite podcast stores uh, to your library, Great Lake State Football. Make sure you check out Tate Tate Baker and Goose Poop, a.k.a. Candine, a.k.a. Goose Poop. Uh, We have all the links to their stuff in the description of this episode. Please make sure you also, uh, if you are interested, check out NeuroPeak Pro. Um, In the description of this episode, you will find uh, the 20% off code for the Intel belt for NeuroPeak Pro, our affiliate sponsor, a company that is uh, basically groundbreaking uh, in the field of breathing uh, and stress management when it comes to sports. Kirk Cousins, Jordan Spieth, uh, a lot Jake of- Moody. Jake if you Moody. Want to field goals like Jake, Jake Moody. Jake Moody. Buy an Intel belt. Jake Moody, a lot of big-time athletes. They're really getting into football. Golf has been one of their primary. A lot of professional golfers have been a primary focus, but a lot of football players uh, getting into it as well with breathing and stress management and anxiety, an aspect of uh, the field of sports training that has been you know, not something that a lot of people are focusing on. It's a very groundbreaking. So check out that code for their Intel belt. Uh, it is, it's a pricey product, but it's a product that if you are a coach looking for an advantage for your team, or maybe an athlete, an individual or family who has some money that you could spend, our code gets you 20% off. Uh, GLSFB is the code, but if you click the link in the description, it will automatically take you to that discount. Uh, I am Vince. Great Lake State Football, episode 39, with Brett and Corey co-hosts, guest Kate Baker, who's Poop, a.k.a. Candine. Go Green. Go Chargers. Go Blue, Big Go Blue, Go Lions. Go. Go Lions. Go Lions.